0: Colossians chapter 1, we are going to read from verse 12, we end in verse 20. Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness, and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him I say, whether are things on earth or things in heaven? Hallelujah. Amen. I said, Hallelujah. Amen. This is the core of Christianity, the uniqueness of Christ Jesus. This is the core of Christianity the uniqueness of Christ Jesus. It can't be blended. I hope you're getting my point. It can't be blended. If you're a Christian and you're not married, do not marry somebody who's not fully committed to this truth. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. Um, It's important we say that, you know. (laughs) You know, as you grow older, you start realizing why you need to keep saying things. Because things you just assumed were common knowledge to everybody. You have me? One day I saw a preacher. I actually heard it. I was present, not somebody told somebody that happened somewhere, somewhere down the road. After Okunanodea. So they are going down towards on a child. No, I was there. The man said, "This thing of Christians cannot marry non-Christian. We have to revisit it." A preacher was preaching on marriage. I told the story of how his neighbor, the man was a Muslim, married to a Christian woman, and he had a successful marriage. He told a few stories so that we have to revisit this thing. Everybody in the church, you know, they say, okay, I'll come here now. You know, maybe I said that, look, there's nothing wrong with a man having another woman as long as he's not a deacon. You know, you think he must be going somewhere. You yeah. that thing? Like he's going somewhere. He will soon land. Then I said, let's share the grace. <laughs> ah. Like, Pastor, don't go. Don't go. <laughs> go back up there and go and explain what you mean. Because it is not possible for you to be meaning what we are thinking you are meaning based on what you said. That's how confusing the church were that day. But that was what he said. So, please, listen to this. If you are a Christian and you are not married, you are about to get married, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Let me say it one more time. The scripture, I'm not imagining it, Say, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. What does that mean? Don't tie yourself in union to somebody who does not accept this truth and live by them. Believing just, it does not mean, okay, I agree, I agree, can we have peace? No, that's not believing. Believing is that, henceforth, this is how I live. My life is based upon this revelation. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning. Thank you because of the plan you have for us to impact us with your grace, with your spirit, by our coming. Thank you for drawing us close to you. We open our hearts to wisdom this morning, to understanding, to inspiration, in the name of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we declare as follows, that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, again, I incline my ears to His Word. The Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 The Lord is good. All I said the Lord is good. All Let's take our seats. All right. Um, it's not often, okay, I give um, a title to the message I want to preach before I start it. Today I'm going to do that. And I've called today's message in the series we are on. Of course, we are talking about um, wisdom, the work of wisdom. So today I'm talking about a very personal God, a very personal God, a very personal God. now, let us uh, take a text of reading from the book of Deuteronomy chapter four I will read um, verse seven, but i'll back up um, a bit is um verse 5. I'll read all the way to verse 8, but where I want is verse 7. He says, see I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do thus in the land where you are entering to possess it. So keep and do them, for that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear these statutes and say. Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Now please notice this verse 7. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as is the Lord our God whenever we call on him? Or what great nation is there that has statutes and judgments as righteous as this whole law which I'm setting before you today? Now, just read a few more verses, all right, just to get some more reading into the pot before we start eating. Only give heed to yourselves and keep your soul diligently, so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen, and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. I'll stop reading verse 9 here. Now, please notice what he said in verse 7. Of course, we have been looking at the fact that what distinguishes us is what? Wisdom and judgments. That's what we have been looking at. The fact that what distinguishes us is the fact that we have, um, um, he said, how did he say it again? He's teaching us statutes and judgments and commandments, all right? And that is our wisdom. That is our understanding. We've read that before. But what I want to bring out today is that he says something. That there's no nation around that has a God so near to them as the people of Israel had. Now, the God was so near that they could call on him anytime. But what I want you to understand is that the nearness of God was not just about the blessings he gave them. If you read it in context. The nearness of God was the attention he paid to every aspect of their lives. Did you hear what I say? Yes. What made their God so near was that you would talk to one of the Israelites and say, hey, um, Brother ABC is getting married. Let's choose our attire. You know the way they tell you, I think I had one recently. It's as if they just wake up and add to these colors. It says onion purple. I heard that one about two weeks ago. Never heard it before until like two weeks ago. It says onion purple. Onion purple. Onion purple. What about garlic green? It will soon give us garlic green. What are the versions of um, um, white we have? No, no, off-white is not white. It's off-white. No, it's not white. Trust me, that is what I wear usually. It's not white. Mm. (laughs) Thank you. There's egg white. (laughs) That one is in the spirit. There's egg white. Chalk white. Seashell white. The one I wear, if I want to wear white, is holy white. (laughs) The Lord is good. Anyway, so, if the Jews are maybe preparing for... A wedding like that. And I said, Let's choose the clothes that we are going to wear. We tell him, Let's choose this. You know, he starts telling, him, What's the fabric made of? If you tell him it is um, cotton and wool, he says, I can't wear it. Like, Why can't you wear it? Our God said, We cannot wear clothing made of mixed fibers. The person is going to look like, Excuse me. They go to the barber. He sits down. They want to cut his hair. He said, um, You can't trim the edges. Why not? The law of Moses. Ah. I hope you're getting my point. Then something you see, every aspect of their life was covered. What was he saying? God paid attention to every detail of their lives. That is the closeness of God we are talking about. That God was so close, that's why they could call upon him. One day a man died. You know, recently, was it in Anambra or in Enugu here? Anyway, somewhere in eastern Nigeria, the Supreme Court ruled that a a woman can now inherit the father's property. And of course, the fight has not ended in the mind of local people. Like somebody said, eh, let her come and take it now. I said, don't worry, we don't want the one in the village. It's the one in Abuja we are fighting over. Who wants to come to your village and come and share land? That's not even enough for all of you before. The one in Abuja is the one we are fighting for. Because people carried it. Or oh, let me not get into the sociology of that. But what happened, of course, is that the concept is that the woman marries off, so we don't want to uh, spoil our village land and all of that. But people now carried into the man has um, 20 million shares in GTB. It's the boys that will collect it. Ah, 90 girls say, eh, for what? Look, you took the house in the village, you did not complain. But these GT shares, we are sharing it. The house in Maitama, like, boys, you can't take the one in the village and take the one in Maitama, tama. We will not agree. So a lady went to court. And the court said, well, sorry. We all walk by the same law as a country. So this nation recognizes her rights to inheritance. Why am I talking about it? It happened in Israel too. A man died. Only girls he left behind. And the law of Moses said, the law God gave to Moses. Only the boys could share the inheritance. The girl said, no, this is not right. And they went to Moses. And Moses got confused. So he went to God. He had the God so close, he could decide matters of inheritance. So God said, all right, henceforth, this is how you will do it. Then God went ahead and said, look, you don't collect inheritance anyhow. You marry according to the, do you get my point? Yes, no. The point is that he told them how to share the land, where the girls could marry from, how the land moves, how you handled your slaves. If you bought a slave, it's not like you liked slavery, but it happened. So, all right, this is how you are going to treat the slave. If he's an Israelite, he will save you for this number of years. In the seventh year, you must let him go. I don't care how much you paid. He must go. They told him what to do with every. Now, what am I saying? They had a God so close. You know, he told them where they could use the toilet. He set boundaries on where you could use the toilet. You don't just <laughs> you don't open your barrels anyhow. It was a God so close Look, he was involved in every part of their lives. That's what made him a unique God. This is how most gods are. Which unfortunately, you know when I preach, I talk to preachers too. Which uh, unfortunately many preachers are presenting to the church of Christ. And it is not right. Most gods are like this. Give me my sacrifice. I will give you your blessing. And you can go. So they come to church. With a tithe. And what is the reason for tithing? Now, let me tell you how you know you're a sinner. If you are tithing so you can claim God, you will protect me. You are a sinner. You see what I say? This is how you know the sinful ones amongst you that is in your life, you will know. When you get on your knees and you say, Lord, I'm traveling, I hope you got the tithe complete. So you can buy divine protection. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, thou At a sinner. If you are preaching it to people, you are a double sinner. Not only are you sinning, you are making others sin. I hope I'm clear. There are some stubborn people. Say this thing until they jam. And you will jam. And please get me a point. I don't mean it as I'm threatening you. Why don't you agree with me? What's my problem? Do I even know you? You are joining us from Malaysia. Am I there? Yeah, people can be so stubborn. And if your stubbornness is out of sincerity, the Lord is waiting in front. As I one man, Jonah, okay, I'm looking for you. That is your friend. Who you told doesn't work like this. He said that's how it works. Because he's a pastor. He told Jonah, you, you're a lecturer. I'm a pastor. Leave this thing. Let me decide doctrine. How many years later did he come back to you? Two years later, he came back. Brother Jonathan, please, that in can we readdress it? Because this title hasn't worked in two years. This first fruits hasn't worked. Those of you who give first fruits so you can be blessed that year. Listen, I say to you, you are a confused soul. Your pastor confused you. You thought you could buy 12 months of blessing with one month's salary. You are out of your mind. You are treating God. Now, please, can I say something? I know big men say it too. See? see, see. This one, this guy you are seeing here, I don't mean Jesus Christ, this servant of Jesus, was raised up, all right, to say the truth despite what big men are saying. When I first wrote wrote the book, um, Grace to Prosper, I said something at the end when I was addressing some issues. I said one major reason why people don't listen to the truth is because of the lineup of names that say the opposite of what I was saying. So, when I was writing the book, I had a number of names, big men also, who were on my side. I wanted to quote them. I said, But this is not supposed to be of who said what amongst us. What does the Bible say? What are the words of Scripture? Let's face that. One day I was having a discussion along those lines with some of my classmates. And one of them went ahead and did what I knew they would do. He gave me, he said, I might to say, he mentioned like th- three big names in Nigeria and international. Are you saying they are wrong? So he didn't know I was ready for people like him. I put like 10 names. 10, current, late, that, that is, I said from the time of Polycarp and Co to modern day. I gave him like 10. I said, are you saying they are wrong? I mean, let me tell you names I mentioned. People like Watchmani. What's the name of this other man? Um, DL Moody. I brought names like Watchmani, DL Moody. What's the name of that man? The famous for his orphanages? George Mullah. Those are the names I brought. I said, Are you telling me Watchmani is wrong? Are you telling me George, George Muller is wrong? So I said, My brother, let's leave these names out. As you can see, we all have names. Let's stick with scripture. I said, I have the chat somewhere. Was a personal chat between us? I said, bro, let's leave this thing. I, I gave him names, but the guy was certified. You know. <laughs> And actually, he was shocked. That what? I said, look, I, and I, want, I could quote them, look at what this, I, I gave him a list. People ask me sometimes, like, where did you get those things from? I said, ah, Google is your friend. If you know how to use him. It's your guy. But so, it's not about who is who. It's what scriptures say. So when I tell you, you cannot buy a blessing for the, for the whole year because you supposedly give first fruits. I don't care who told you so. It is not so. Now, I won't go into teaching about that. That's not my message for today. All right? I'm just going to emphasize the fact that we are not to treat our Jesus like other gods who are more concerned about their offerings and sacrifices. Then afterwards, you go and do what you like. And because you've given them money, or you've given them a bull, or a goat, or a cow, like one man said, look, you are sacrificing goat a cow against me. I sacrificed a Mercedes Benz. Now, that comparison is zero. Look, your Mercedes Benz in the realm of the spirit doesn't have as much value as a turtle dove. And a turtle dove, the whole price cannot even buy it. Anyway, you, you can't buy one of your tires. That is like 100 turtle doves will not buy one tire. However, spiritually, that one has Blood. Your one has engine oil. The life of the car is in the oil. But not the life of the flesh. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> what am I saying? We can't treat God like that. I have given him something he will now do. No. That's not how Christianity works. We are dealing with a God now listen to this, listen to this. We are dealing with a God who is closer Let me use one English word. Who is yet closer to us than he was to the people that could brag on how close he was? Did you catch what I said? The people of Israel could brag, like I've been explaining, on how close God was to them. Now we're not dealing with a God that is yet closer to us as a group and individually than he was to that whole nation. He said, What do you mean? I'll tell you. Based on the judgments and laws and commandments that Moses gave, upon which they were bragging, they came based on those judgments and laws, they came to Jesus. I said, But Moses said. And Jesus said, No. I disagree. I'm not saying Moses did not say, but that was not close enough. So he said, You have heard, thou shalt not commit adultery. That's very close. But I say to you, if you look at a woman lustfully in your heart now, so it's not, long, long, not only what you do now, he has now crept so close, he's looking at your heart. Say, me, thank God, I mean, I don't commit adultery. And God said, Come. I say, You do. Say, Give me your phone. Say, Lord, start looking for my phone. <laughs> This would I just kill people? What kind of thing is this? I said yes. Being a killer is not. You shouldn't. And you call yourself my son. Lord, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about headsmen. Oh, Who I thought we we're talking about murderers. Say yes. And yes, now a murderer shouldn't be calling himself a Christian. I know he's looking at you. I'll say, let's stop this breakdown. What's going on? I said you hate your brother. He said you're a murderer. Who do I hate? He gives you three faces, which you know that if you catch them, (laughs) that's how close he became. So he starts testing the heart. He starts checking the mind. So when Jesus came, he just upended everything that the Pharisees and Sadducees were holding on to. He said, these things are superficial. Yes, you could brag that your God was so close that he gave you these specific instructions on how you cut your hair or not. Say, but now he gives instructions on how you think, so it's possible to sin against him and you have not even left the bed. A Jew could not sin against him if you don't wake up and go out. So you have not even left the room, you just sit down there. Say, Let's start sinning. You, you commit one hour why in your heart, your thoughts. You've not done anything, no. <laughs> you know. You've seen people where well, you haven't seen them, I don't think they are common, but those days they used to have holy men. Amongst sects of Christianity, who wanted to attain great holiness? So they mixed a bit of Eastern religion. All right? Some of these, um, you know, these religious practices, they are different ones. Africa had their own. The other guys had their own too. So what they would do is, you know, this self abasement this harsh discipline of the flesh, which I've told people many times is not Christianity. He said, no, I've been telling you. He said, I want to pray, so we will not eat. You are waiting for, the, for, for you to faint before God hears you. Because when you faint and wake up, we will talk. I hope you are getting my point. Please, if you want to ask God for something, ask God for something. See you hear what I say? Ask. Don't postpone. You say, let me fast first. Unless you want to get your thoughts right. In which case, it's just to study scriptures, to meditate on the word of God. It's not to, don't, don't crawl to God like, ah, ah, you will help me. God say, why? Ah, what do you mean, why? I have not eaten for two days. That's not the attitude, all right? But Eastern religion, those some of those, there's a lot of them out there. Hinduism and all that did, that did that. So people brought into Christianity in trying to attain spirituality. Now let me say it again: people brought into Christianity trying to attain spirituality, and I don't care stories anybody has to tell you. Please, that's not what got them the anointing. I've seen people come and say that uh, how to get anointing. I see them all the time. If you're, you know, you're looking for videos on YouTube. They're there. When I see the headline. How to pay the price of the anointing? I said, like, uh, uh, like this man said, "Real Bonki. He said, Are you buying it? He said, If you pay the price, they purchase. So let's leave that. Yeah. He said, You can't purchase the anointing. Now, again, you know, I drop things. There is nothing you will do to force God to bring the anointing. Nothing. Zero. You hear what I said? Yes. You preacher, you're about to enter ministry. They've given you the 10 keys. There are only 10 keys to failure, 10 keys to disappointment. This man used to fast three times a week. That's how the church blew. Go. You know, let me tell the God that I know. You say, go. Every day you, pass, you fast, he you removes one member. When you fast a second time, it takes away a second member. The third time, a third member. And you'll see, you'll make sure you can count. When you began fasting, that church was like 100 people. After one month of fasting three times a week. How many do you have left? How many has gone now? Twelve. And if the month is really big, you can lose up to 14. You, of course, if you are not smart, you will now come back. And the devil... I, I say, hey, wait, wait, wait. How come this devil is getting more powerful the more you fast? It's not the devil. It is God trying to tell you, like the reprint said, I don't have an arm that can be twisted. You can't force the church to grow because you said somebody else, because you don't know what else he did, which he did not count as important. He himself does not know how. You know, just by the way, all right, I'll get back to what i was say. One day, went to my father in law's village, my wife's place. Was doing a, there was a big event and all of that. So, he's a very devout, all right, Catholic. Yeah, it was his birthday, so the bishop came to do the mass. Now, the bishop doesn't know him personally, but they told the bishop, you have to come. So, the, yeah, the bishop came all the way down to his village to conduct a birthday mass. You get why? <laughs> uh, there's a reason. The reason was that he single-handedly built the whole church in the village. Oh, beginning to the end. The whole church. And you know if a Catholic church is building a church, he first built the Reverend Father's house. He acquired the land, built the house, built the church, built everything. All by himself. So that's how they told him, Ah, Oga, okay, there are not many soldiers of faith you have like this. So, you so the, the bishop came. So it was evening, it was party time, so So I was telling my wife, I said, Let me tell you something. Said, Let's look at from a spiritual perspective. I said some people, I said, ah, build a house for God. I said, you, you, you God I know. I said, leave that thing. I said, let me tell you what God is counting. I said, look at this, your father's gate. It's not closed. Everybody is coming in and going. The rich, the poor, listen to this, the mentally ill. Nobody stops them. The arms guards at the gate, policemen were there, the local vigilantes, they were there, but they were just there for who would make trouble, but they didn't check who was going and who was coming in. They went everywhere they wanted, ate anything they wanted to eat, drank anything they wanted to drink. All the village little boys were running all over the place, jumping up and down. I told my wife, that is what God is counting. See this church? He ain't counting it. I said, you know what is counting? I said, can you see this? He said, that is what is counting. For those of, I know his order of hierarchy, of priority, of things that are important. Go and read the scriptures well. I, I told my wife, look, this is what he's counting. Some other big men will not know that. They will block the gate. Say, okay, all, day, take all the people stay outside there. Then the bishop will come in. The brothers will come in. The rich people will come in and sit down. And then you have very quiet, you know, very quiet buffet. Thank you. You'll be speaking English. Ah, chief, i to do. How are you? <laughs> because all of you, not body will get home in Peace. Start going. Let me see. You. <laughs> Come and start going. Your tire will spoil. Your engine will knock. I say, what is going on? After we're coming from a church. Because they, they are not coming from church. People, you don't love people. You just want to bribe me. Why am I saying? So So sometimes, when people are telling their stories, they don't know what God counted. So I used to fast three times a week. And the church exploded. God said, hi. Now, oh, wow. How can blessing people now become a problem for me? Because they go and give lying testimonies. That's why I've told you, please, don't build your life on just anyhow stories. First, go and get instruction. I hope you get my point. I have found out the only, now, what I'm telling you is the truth. The people that can teach you doctrine in this life, God kept them there. They are called teachers. There's a reason why they are called teachers. They teach doctrine. That's one thing that's happened in my life because, well, to the glory of God, I was raised up by God to teach the word. One of the conflicts I've had is people trying to use testimonies to establish doctrines. And I'm coming against the doctrines. They say, leave that thing. Let me teach you. Don't tell me stories. I know where to use testimonies. When it comes to doctrine, God has given the revelation through the apostles and the prophets. Then he handed the understanding. Problem prophets often have, let me tell you something, a problem prophets often have, they don't have an understanding of what they said. I know what I'm telling you. I've listened to prophecies before they finish prophecy. I tell my wife, prophecy, right? Interpretation, wrong. You know, <laughs> my wife used to look at me like this guy. I tell my wife, just follow me, don't worry, you won't miss the road, just follow me. I tell her, this guy, everything he said is correct. The spirit of the prophet is upon this fellow. But see that his interpretation is not correct. And again and again, that's been demonstrated that I was right. Before, you heard me say that I don't even know why. Now I know why. It's an anointing to teach. That leads me into all the truths. As I finish talking, I say that is not the interpretation. I'll accept the prophecy. I'll discard this interpretation. Don't let anybody. Be, so you see all the again. Let me digress. All the people who go around raising money is what do they use? Stories. One thing about stories is that they are difficult to replicate. Because the real things, they are not on the surface. By faith we understand that the words were prepared by the word of God. So that what we see did not come, we are speaking poetically, out of things that we can see. What we see did not come out of things that are visible. It was just being poetic. So generally it's difficult. And that's why you see God give to one woman, didn't ask for anything. The prophet took something from her. Okay, I'm, 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 let, me, let me put it in order. Elijah went to the house of a woman and said, give me something to eat. She gave him. And the food multiplied. Elijah didn't collect anything from that woman. He said, what do you have in your house? Go back to your house. Do this and do this and do that. Both of them were supplied. So I want to make a doctrine out of if you want to multiply your results... You go to a prophet. And people have i have seen them do it before. Please don't do it with me. Please don't do it with me. You want to start a business, you take a portion of it and say, I'll be giving to this pastor. Don't give me. Because you start wondering, where, where my, where, what happened to my grace? <laughs> yes, now when your business is not working again. Yeah, people do it. They want to start a business. They want to be servicing some men of God so as to bring grace upon the business. These are human religious practices. God doesn't recognize them. If you want to give to a pastor, it is not so that you can tap grace to support your business. There are people who gone; they on they, maybe board of directors. They put a man of God on the board. Some they don't put him, they just issue him shares. Say, sir, come and bless this. Business. Of course, you innocently go. You go and lay hands on the business. And they now say, okay, sir, after we met, just feel like honoring you. 5% of the business is for you. Please, can I just say something? And some people won't like this. Don't take it. People you don't know what to do, they want to give 5%. No, thank you. Thank you. I'm not interested. You said I come and pray. I have prayed. I have another premises. The, the legal people say, can I study it? When they give it to you, go behind. tear it. Say, I finished studying it. Take. Thank you very much. Don't give me 5%. Is how they end your ministry. Some come and give a testimony and say, ha, praise God. Now I'm on the board of this oil company. I don't want. They are using you like they use other gods. Don't think it's a blessing. It is not. If they bless you, that they give you a gift, take and go away. They want to hook. You see, many people do it. They think that by doing that, they have a constant flow of the anointing of God into the business. Saints of God, it doesn't work like that. Don't go and look for a pastor to share your, your, anyway, your stock with so that you can be blessed. It doesn't work. One of the greatest nonsensical things I've heard in this in my life people say you want to do international business, make sure there's a Jew on the board. That thing is a sin. You insult Jesus Christ. You have a Christian on the board, you need a Jew. Please, this is not um, anti-Semitism. I'm not saying so. I'm not saying don't put Jews on the board. I hope you're getting my point. I didn't say so. I said this idea that you must look for a blessed person to put on the board so that you will be blessed. is pure idolatry. It retains the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the blessing is upon him. Yes. Yes. He carries the blessing. So you can't go to somebody who has denied him as a son of God and say because... you know the blessing of Abraham was given to who? To to him and what? His seed. Not seeds as of many, but seed as of one. And that seed is who? Christ. So it is totally you know, like irrational for you to say I have a Christian on the board, but I need to put a Jew on the board. God is say, what do you mean? It's not a blessing you are looking for. Now, that is a very irrational one. Okay? The blessing of God, we said, is in Christ. So let's leave that one for a moment. Let's talk about other things. What we were talking about before. I took that off you know, talking about um, um, Elijah. So people now want to use that. Please, let's stop all these this shamanic practices. All right? It's trying to manipulate the things of the Spirit. It doesn't work like that. Should you give to a preacher? Of course. Hey, if you've ever given me to a preacher, you're a sinner. You're too selfish. Some people can say, oh, Pastor, you don't need anything now. When you give that good money, doesn't need anything. You say, but, sir, what are you selling? No, I'm not selling anything. It's called honor. I hope you're getting my point. Paul said it like this. Come on. You know I mean you are chopping spiritual things. Why can't we drink your water too? I hope you're getting my point. So I'm not saying don't give to preachers. I think you should. In fact, what I've said now, I think you should. It's called honor. You have to honor people. There are people that you are commanding. Read my book, How to Work for God. You know, who will pay for this? And um, grace to prosper. I explained, and I'm explaining again and again. I've reasoned. I've said this for years. I've not found a third reason. There are two reasons you give to a preacher. One is because he's a preacher. It's called... You know, he that gives to a prophet, why? Because he's a prophet. Not because he's in need. Not because he wants to tap an anointing for his business. God gave the reason. That's number one reason. That is, you just look at This man is a minister. And I do that a lot. Especially when I meet some senior ministers. I I don't let it pass me by. If I, especially if I, maybe I knew years ago. I asked that what happened now? How can I drink water on us now? I was somewhere recently, I saw a minister I not since for some time. Senior man, you know, anointed. We greeted and greeted him, but I was leaving. So I called on my guys, please, can I send you some money? Help me go draw it and tell him I say you should give to him. One day we traveled somewhere, my wife and I. Somebody saw me, ah, he's like, oh, that's so nice to see you. So he went home, brought plenty of money, and gave it to me. I said, ah, God bless you. You know what he didn't know? My wife and I were going to visit another person. So I'm like, hey, where do we get? So the only guy brought my to my wife. See, God has supplied. We just, wrote it. we just entered the mouth of it. Ah, where don sir. <laughs> my wife just took and gave to his wife. God bless you, ma. Ah, they didn't know that God just brought that to <laughs> Yeah, I said, how can I just enter, the, enter into your office like that? I just be, you know. Sorry, please. Some people do something that make me laugh. One young man I traveled one day, say he came to see me just to tell me thank you. And I was not around. So my wife was waiting, like, so where's the thank you? So tell Pastor was here. Tell him thank you. I heard this is not how to say thank you. You can't travel down empty handed to tell me thank you. They didn't train you. I don't think you were trained. So okay, now you have told me thank you. Okay. Uh-huh. I shall now go home and say, Oh, sweetheart. They told me, thank you today. <laughs> I tell the story of one young man, that one. It's a very beautiful story. That's why I tell it again and again. So, don't, long, long ago, we always used to do um on um, Cosmo. He used to listen to, to us somewhere from Delta State. Young guy, secondary school. Please, you are not too young to hear the gospel. Though. He said, one day, I said, blessings were spiritual. Which you know now, don't you know it? I thought everybody did. But the young man was discovering for the first time. But you know what he found out now, as I'm saying it and I realized, what he found out was that wait, it's not dependent on my father. It's not dependent on my country, it's not dependent on my environment. He said, I went into the I don't know that I use the word closer, but he went into the room. These were his exact words. Sir, I now went into the spirit to go and collect my blessing. So in my mind, like I didn't preach that one. But the Holy Spirit inspired him with that one. The guy said he just went into the spirit to go and collect his blessing. It's now that I'm repeating the story, I realized what he was saying. That he just discovered that, no, it's not my circumstances. No, it's not my father. No, it's not my mother. It's not my environment. He said I went into the closet, the, 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 the room. I don't I use the word closet, but he went into prayer. He said I now went into the spirit. That's how he said that I went into the spirit to go and collect. So the guy went in and prayed, you know, faith was dropped in his heart. Why did he come to Enugu to see me? He said, a few days later, his uncle called him out of the blues. You have finished secondary school now? Yes, uncle. What are you planning to do? And this, I don't know, this is the talk. The man said, would you like to be a pilot? The boy said, yes, uncle, no problem. He said, okay, I'll send you forms. I pay for the school. I pay the school, the fees in North America. So the boy came to see me for traveling. The story is not less than 15 years ago. Ah, what am I saying? Yes. Not less than that, not like 17 years ago. And the uncle said, okay, no problem. There's an aviation school in Canada. You come and attend that one. And the uncle paid. So the boy was going to travel. He came to see me and said, sir, I'm going off to go and train as a pilot. Yeah. Now, while I'm there in the story, as he was coming to Enugu, he stopped in the and bought two shirts. Fresh school Levi. I just left secondary school maybe the year before, the year before that. I still remember the color of the shirts. One was um, yellow, that was bold blue stripes. Why I tell the story is that the quality is not the type I wear. What has blessed me, clothing for a long time. I don't, I don't worry about what I will wear. What I will It's not a worry for me. I, I've been blessed. Not, not to do. Oh, for a very long time. And I was telling him to come, I said, please, handle my clothes with care. I told him the price of one yard of material that one of our brothers sent to me. I know you are listening to this. On top of that, last time he sent me cloth, I shouted at him because he sold my trousers wrongly. I said, I'll be on top. <laughs> he said, sorry, sir, I'm sending another one immediately. <laughs> now so, but, I'm, God has been so good to me in that area. It's too, too good. It's, gone. it's too good. This gun is too good. Please, I like to crack jokes. I saw a joke yesterday. You're yeah, the one that gave me the joke. I laughed. You know, I just sang, who sang This God is Too Good? I saw that joke. I laughed. He went and tweeted that please, oh, South Africa is playing for penalty. That we should end this thing before that time. So I won't have to play penalty. That's what he said. So you expect people to say, yes, yes. Somebody say, Hoga, you are watching the match? He said, please, sir, put on that TV and go into the prayer room. People like you should watch. <laughs> no, if it's people say, uh, 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 please, oh. Jesus, I had a very good laugh. He said, you are watching with us when you should be in the prayer. I said, good. You see, I was right. You know me, I know they watch now prayer day. The other guy, other guy said, Please blow a trumpet so that Angel will their, attack their keeper. <laughs> I had a good laugh yesterday when I saw this thing. Anyway, back to our message. So, God has been so good to me in that area. But in young man when he brought the shirts, I looked at them. They're not the quality of shirts I wore at all. No, no. Shirts I wore were routinely five times that price, minimum. When I started wearing shirts in Inigo, I wore only pure 100% cotton Van Heusen. And that was before I was blessed. But I wore that shirt until I wore it out. Oh, yes. There were two. I gave somebody one, gave one brother one. I said, no, I have to wear this. The both stripe one, I kept that one. And God poured glory on that shirt. Oh. Yeah, I wear it. Put the jacket on top of it, no tie, because it's striped. I normally don't wear striped uh, this thing with a tie on. I remember one day, one person looked at me and said, "Ah," Masabanki, man, this shirt is beautiful. Where did you get this from?" I told him the story. I said, "It's not the quality of the shirt; it's the glory." You understand my point? <laughs> the, glo- <laughs> the glory inside the shirt. The Lord is good. That is how to tell him, "Man oh, no, of God, thank you." And travel come all the way from Kotangura to Enugu to tell me, thank you, God bless you. So I will kick you. I will almost withdraw the blessing God gave you through me. I'm not saying you go and buy me a house. That's not what I'm saying. Come on, they sell grandmas on the way. One young man came to see him that time with his problems of a backache. He asked him, "They don't have pineapples there." You came all the way from Abakiri to come and tell me your problems as if I don't have here. I look at this guy. I mean, see, you can see I'm married. Once you are married, you have a problem. <clears throat> it's true now. You say I have children. Once you have children, you have problems. I'm running a ministry. Once you're running a ministry, you have problems. And you come to come and tell me your own problems. I asked, No, seriously, I, w- I looked at the young man. I looked at him. I looked at him like this. I said, did you go to secondary school? He said, yes, sir. I said, did you study economics? He said, I did. So you never heard of division of labor? He said he did. He said, this labor is divided. You don't travel all the way from my back to come and tell me your problems in England. When I give you the word of God free of charge. Did you ask me how I pay for it? You think the radio station is free? Do you have another thing? I'm going. I was so angry with him that day. He said he wants to talk about himself. Hey. <laughs> people just think because you're a preacher, all the people with the worst problems are in your head. First time we went on radio, if we got 10 letters, eight were to tell us they've not pay school fees. It's very simple. I would just say, uh, be paid, be paid, be paid. <laughs> Sometimes white right people are poor. They like to collect. I don't look at it, I don't love it. One young man, I don't remember his name, was a student in one private university. Some distance from here. His only letter that was different. He sent in a check for 5000 naira. I remember well. Because until then, we did not even have a ministry account. Well, what are you doing with account? When 90% of the money was coming from the pocket of my wife and I, what are you doing with the account? The guy sent a check, 5000 at Kingdom World Ministries. We were forced to quickly open an account so I could draw his check. I def- if I want to remember, that guy it's very simple. I just go to the bank. And... Get our statement from the beginning. Look for the first check dep- that this was the first deposit. Apart from maybe we gave them small money to open the account. The first money that came was that guy's check for five thousand. I say, ah, you know, I don't know. My children are writing waek next week. I look like waek DJ. Go and meet your governor. He's the one that's supposed to be giving free waek. What do you have? Local government counselors for? write a pastor to come and pay your wife fees. No, you have so many wicked souls parading the streets and they wonder why the country is not good. <laughs> it's true now. Let's tell you the truth. The Lord is good. Joe, how did we get there? I remember. I was just wondering whether you remember. No, I didn't talk about Elijah. water Let me go to your wife. Your wife was very, very... Formerly sister in the Lord, but wife in the Lord. What? Where were we? I remember. I remember very well. I'm testing all of you. Where, where, how did you get there? You forgot. Look at you. That is people like you. Hey, Savik, my man. You want to help your daddy? Don't worry. I can remember. I have not forgotten. Just testing all of you. I'm mindful that you are both flesh, so I'm trying to fish. <laughs> Okay, so I was saying that, look, don't do all those, um, you no know, juju things, all right? That there are two reasons you give to a man of God that you should. First one is simply because he's a man of God. And number two, because he has been a blessing to you. And I said over the years, I have not found a third one. It does not include, that was the one I want to come against, trying to tap his anointing. It doesn't. It doesn't. If you try that, it's a selfish gift. It is not acceptable. Sometimes people give, of course, and then God gives them back. But you can never make that the reason why you give. He won't give you anything back. So, now, we went into all of this trying to emphasize something. That you don't just go around copying things. That our God is closer than that. You don't go around copying acts. He's closer than that. So that one uh, widow gave to Elijah and it seemed to multiply back. Just by the way, hey God, we okay, keep by the way these things. Notice that that was not what brought a miracle to her, that was what finally activated it. He said, How do you know? It's simple, it's in the scriptures. Jesus said, Elijah was sent. So by the time Elijah left the brook, it was so as to go and minister to that woman. Something made him live. We are not giving details of that. But the gift she gave to Elijah was just a sign of her faith, which I wrote in the book, Great Faith Can Be Yours, was provoked by other things. But that faith was an impartation of the Spirit. I talk all the time about faith by the Spirit. That woman would not have known that except the Holy Spirit helped her. And I explained that one reason why she did the right thing was because she had made a lifestyle of certain things. And that why she gave to Elijah, from my understanding, was not as much as the fact that the man said he's a prophet, otherwise, she would have been a gullible person. But most importantly, God made sure Elijah arrived hungry. Did you don't get my point? God did what? He made sure what? Hungry. So she could see his need. So this one of the Lord said to me it was secondary to the fact that this old man or whatever age he was is hungry. And she gave up her meal. Not her son's own. Is there the parent to give up the child's meal? (laughs) You have to be triply anointed. She had how many meals left? Two. So I can assure you of one. She took hers and gave to Elijah. The other one is for the boy. I hope you're getting my point. So God hid for her good behind what? Right. Her good was hidden behind that which was right. Many of us are just looking for prophets to give to, and collect the anointing from. The only man I know that tried that, the Peter, Peter's killing anointing was activated in his life. You don't tap anointing with offerings. You don't tap anointing with gifts. Please stop that. I see Christians do it all the time. I've told all of you, don't come and give me anything because you are thinking that I will tap his grace. You will tap this grace. So leave that in. So let's get it clear now. I don't have any anointing to offer anybody. That's exchangeable by your gifts and offerings. So let's just be giving to pastor regularly. If you give to him regularly, after two years, to break forth. If you want my grace, yes, I do have grace, I do. If you want, there's a way to tap it. How do you tap it? Sit down like you're sitting down and pay attention and go, allow the word to walk obedience in you. That's how you tap my grace. to the brother who came to me and said, look, it, it, after I told me how wonderful I was, or like Americans say, told me how wonderful I is. Told me everything. And God said sent him to me to go there. Uh, at the end of the day, did I see him? I did not see him. Last time I saw him, hey, pastor, I said, oh, how are you? When did you come back? I thought he was out of the country. It turned out that he and I had been in the same perimeter for over seven years, and i not seen him one time. And when he came to my office, he to introduce, he my help to help some people. He said, Oh, I know this person. Let's go. Stop lying to yourself. You don't want anything from me. As I tell, See, if you're in Enugu, I keep on telling you, say, Okay, uh, Pastor Bank, eh, I, I, look, I'm not denying it. I have grace. Amen? <laughs> but if you choose his only stream, you will stream. You won't get a quarter of it. What's wrong with you? You can't, you can't reach here. See, it's a sense of value that determines the flow of virtue. I'm quoting Bishop Oedipo there. And it was literally from Scripture. You can't get up and leave your house? Ah, don't worry, sir. We are following you online. I just laugh at you. Look, there's no trick to it. It's just a sense of value. God just wants to check what do you value. If everything has to be delivered to you at your convenience, it's the reason why you put giants in the land. Is that the reason why he put giants there? I tell those of you, Nenugu, don't, don't make this in a habit as if uh, technology has made it easy. It has made it easy to demonstrate your lack of sense of value. Like I tell people families, you are rich, you are blessed. Ah, We are stressed, so this weekend, we, uh, this, uh, this Christmas, would decide we are going abroad for a holiday. You carry your wife and your children. It's not a problem. It's, it's not a blessing. It's good. It's a good thing. Honestly, it's a good thing. But I keep on saying that God is watching you. Bilayercony is doing camp all the time. You have never packed this ch- wife and children to go to Bilayercony's camp and go and lodge at least in a decent hotel in Boko and drive to this place every day for, for four days. You've never done it. You've never done it. It's too inconvenient for you. We do programs here. We didn't do this last December. December, I say, yeah, Listen to us. You have never packed this wife and children lodge into a decent hotel around here and say, come, let's go and hear the word three times a day for four days. You have never done it. But it's so easy for you to pack the same wife and children they disappeared to Europe for the weekend of Christmas, spend a week. You come back and say, God has been very faithful. You know, there's a the kind of faithfulness of God, who have been telling me that gets on my nerves. You create problems. That's another, I've gone to something else now. You create problems. I say, God has been faithful in solving it. And I'm looking at you. God has been faithful in solving the problem you created. You don't know the meaning of faithfulness. Let me not sit on that. Sense of value. So you see, Elijah, Elijah. God was sent that woman Send him to that woman. You can't make a law out of give to a pastor. I hope you are getting my point. You can't give to a pastor for the two reasons I've told you. You should support ministers of the gospel. It's important. Read my book, please. How to give to God is one of one chapter in How to Work for God. All right, you see there, or is it the other chapter or the section? How to give to God. I discussed it in the book, How to Work for God, Grace to Prosper, and so we pay for this. Those three books will teach you that. All right. That's the one reason. Another reason you give is because somebody has been a blessing to you, and Paul said, it is the right thing. Go and read in Galatians, you understand? That's when he was talking about. He that so sparingly We reap, you know, sparing and all of that. He was putting it in context. He said, if you have given spiritual things into your life, he said, this water you are drinking, let's drink from it also. He said, look, when he says, thou shalt not muzzle out, out the, the ox that threshing out the wheat, he was not talking about animals. He put that thing there as a type for how you treat ministers of the gospel. Please, that's all. However, if you want to be blessed by the anointing, what do you do? You settle down, you focus, you listen. So spiritual things, like I said, you don't just make laws. So we talked about Elijah. The other contrast was what? Elisha. The woman came to Elisha. Your servant, one of the sons of the prophets, died. He was owing money. Two sons had been taken to go and walk off their father's death. I need my sons back. What did Elisha say? What do you have in your house? He didn't collect anything from the woman. He didn't say, Give to me. I've seen, please, I, I want to correct preachers. That's why I say some of these things. I've seen preachers say that, look, you see, that a man came to them one time. I said, What do you have? He collected it first. It's not a law. I'm not saying the man was right or wrong. i am not saying anything, but it's not a law. So don't make it look as if anybody comes to you. You want to you first ask, What do you have? Then you, one man actually said, I saw him preaching. That guy is the, the craziest preacher. No, okay, not the craziest. Among the top 10, no, 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 not among the top 10. Among the top 1% of crazy preachers I've seen in the world, he's among the top, top craziest 1%. Very funny human being that he was. He said a woman came to him, I pray. he said, no, that, what he said, that he doesn't joke as a preacher. He will first ask you, what do you have? The woman told him what he had, what she had. So he first collected it. Big money for that time. I put it in his bag. I said, so what is the problem? And then he began to pray. He said, you see, you need that to activate the anointing. He's the one I told you said, there's a difference between free and freely. The anointing is not free. It only flows freely. The kind of English that even jam we see it and get confused. A way examiner will not know how to handle your matter. He said, the Bible never said the anointing is free. He said it flows freely. So, you know, you're asking, us: what's the difference? Somebody shouted, here, I don't blame you. <laughs> That's why I was here to that day. I was like, here, what is going on here? He says, so, it's not free. If, he said, what is freely? To flow without hindrance. That is not free. It only flows freely. So if you want an anointing, you come forth with an offering. This man must be a juju man. Elisha didn't do that. What did Elisha do? Elisha said to the woman, What do you have in your house? The woman said, Just this jar of oil. It's okay, go home. Borrow many, let's use Nigerian English of today. Borrow many jerry cans. Don't borrow small. Though. Now, how much oil she will get after was tied to how much faith she believed in the word of Elijah. Elisha. Now, think about it. If it's you the tell now, you know what they are going to look for? GP tank, what are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> okay. What she received, of course, is tied to the amount of faith she had in those words. Because, like I said, if you know the story and they tell you to do the same thing. <laughs> oh my God, you go, are you getting my point? We squeeze tanks into the house and start pouring. But what's my emphasis in that story? The fact that it did not follow the way of the first widow. A different matter. You now we began already talking about how close our God is. That we can't just make a set of rules on how the manifestation came. And that the next manifestation must come like that. It doesn't work that way. He's close. Please bear that in mind. All of this talk is to emphasize the fact that God is that close to us. He's closer than he was to the people of Israel. Who he looked mostly at their outward works. He allowed their brethren to judge their outward works. But for us, he said, personally, I judge from inside. That God is that close. Now, please, I'm getting to the dangerous part of the message. The Lord is good. Yes. I was saying for that reason, you don't treat him. Yeah, that's why I went to all of that. Like other gods. There are no formulae that you just use and then you get certain results. You treat him like a personal. I'm looking for a word now. Yes, like a very close father. I hope you get my point. There are times my children will dress; they are going to just say, "You come back. Where are you going? Church. Why is your shirt not ironed?" Ask them. I do that. And they look in the mirror. It hey, looks straight to me now. Apparently, you are not seeing well. Receive the ability to see properly. Now go and remove that shirt and go and iron it. Have you seen women on the road before? Young lady, say. Eh? Like, is there any senior in your house? No, your mind. Yeah, is, is, is there no responsible person in your house? You dressed like this and left home. And nobody, even your dog, should have beaten you. <laughs> you are getting my point? <laughs> is that closeness I'm talking about? Imagine living there. I said, No, please, don't dress like this again. Sometimes even simple color combination, they didn't do anything that is bad. though. I look like Do you do you do you think you're a girl? Why are you wearing this shirt on these trousers? The colors don't go now. These are girly trousers, uh, girly colors, all right? And there are no transgender things in the Bible. So go back and go and change. No, just little things like that. That's what they call closeness. You will have to treat God like that. Which means, now listen to where I'm going. It is not even every job you take. He's that close. He wants to know, wait, wait, excuse me. Why are you taking this job? You know what I found out about Christians, which is what I'm getting get to. I told you the dangerous part of the message is so I'm getting to. We don't treat our lives as Christians like we have a Father and a Lord who are that close. A Father that is close to us, a Lord Jesus who is close to us. We don't treat them like that. We bring things as, look, this is my decision, bless it. That's my decision. Bless it. We don't try to defend, listen, our desires. Sometimes, look, listen, you have. You want to ask God for something? Defend it. He's not just a machine that anything you say he does. Lord, I want my child to go to this school. Sometimes he'll ask you why. You know what? If you bother to do small defense, you'll be amazed at the problems you don't have. Because as you start talking, the Holy Spirit is there with you. We're not dealing with a God of formula. Which formula did you you not use? We're dealing with a living, present Father and a living and present Lord. I use those two words. Why? Because as a Father, it's somebody who cares. As a Lord, it's somebody you work for. You don't go against His instructions. Lord's side is, look, it has to be the way I said Father's side is, I care so much for you, my way is the best. Did you get that? Yes. There are two. De- Father's side is, Daddy now, Daddy now. Uh, no, no. Daddy knows best. Don't worry. Lord's side is that we are, we are not negotiating. Others is others. Have you heard that before? Yes. yes. That's why we say it in the military. You obey first. You don't... Look, when the when the commanding officer says, forward, you lie down, and, they are shooting you. But you can't withdraw. Disobedience is mutiny. That's the Lord's side. But the Father's side is... He knows best. Every decision he's making is for your good. The Lord's side is we have work to do. You are a soldier in the army. If I say forward, it is forward. If it doesn't feel good, it doesn't matter. You obey it anyway. Now you have to combine both of these in your life. So sometimes... You want to ask for some things that maybe you may or your need. Pray, eh, Lord, please give me a car. And God says, and why do you need one? The way you now want to start answering. <laughs> that is why you know that get up and leave that place. See? All my friends have. As soon as that word comes out of your mouth, you know the next thing you will say, I'm sorry. And you get up and leave. And realize your prayer point was null and void. And uh, there's one word, of no effect. Yeah, you will know. Just by you trying to defend it. I do that when I pray about things. Okay? I do that. I'll just explain. Now, one of the reasons why you explain is just, you, you want to be sure that you are asking for things that are pleasing to him. we we'll said say it again and again. It is not every request you bring before him that is pleasing. If your request shows that you are unduly in a hurry, it's not pleasing. He that believes does not make haste. It's not under pressure. He that believes does not make haste. You have to learn to relax. You have to learn to relax. That's one way. He has thought better about your life than you can ever think about anybody's life. Sometimes people tell me, please, this is not a criticism, but just trying to get things right. People talk about this, all right? They say, why are you doing this? They say, no, because of my children. I say, what about your children? They say, you know the way this country is going. I said, the country you are going to, do you know the way it is going? I mean, there are statements people make just realize that they are so narrow-minded, especially when it comes comes to spiritual things. And please, you cannot, now let me take a digression into that. You cannot have confidence in anything human. You can't. I'll tell you how to handle crisis in a moment. You can never have confidence in anything human. We said it like humorously the other day, but it's a matter of fact it really happened. Some people say, no, no, I can't let my children go to university in this country. You know, the way they go on strike. Next thing I saw, we go on strike. Then they send their universities, their children to university in Ukraine. And the people had to rush with trains where they discriminated against them to go to the border and other country to catch a flight to come back home and be idle here for a long time before they had the arrangements for them. Some of them, they could return because war did not get to their part of the country. Some could continue online, but for goodness sake, there was disruption that lasted a very long time. A medical and data council l- last year told the medical ones amongst them to forget bringing this, that certificate, certificate back. What was the reason? They said, we don't study medicine remotely. Yes, and it became an issue. MDCN said, no, 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 Ukrainian certificate for now because they couldn't go back to school. They were finishing courses online. So, medical and the, um, the data council said, no, we will not accept that. That medicine must be studied in person. The point is that you have predicted it. If you're investing in Russia, close to the Ukrainian border, you'll have run home too. Even if you didn't want to run, if I'm your father, I will run for you. If you know what I'm going to say. I will come there, bundle you into my suitcase, you are coming back home. A living, no university degree person is better than a dead graduate. I hope you are aware of that. Even if you are not fully dead, if they paralyze you with a shell that hits the back of your neck. What are you saying? You know Sudan. Right? We call ourselves Giant of Africa. Look at Sudan. We ran to Sudan to go to school. Nobody has been able to go back since the war in Sudan broke out over. It should be. Is it up to a year now? Anyway, Sudan has been fighting now for some months. Ukraine was been going on for two years. Could you have predicted it? And please, nobody should lie to you <laughs> that they cannot be shut down in American universities. Covid shut everybody down. I hope you are aware of that. You can never, please, oh, do I need to tell Christians this? You can never have faith in a human system. You can't. You can't. That's just the way life is. You may say that this is unusual. That's the issue with you being Christian. you see unusual things happen to you, especially on the good side. What is wrong with me tapping into the unusual for good, for my life, in places where people don't expect good to come out from? Let me tell you how to handle crisis. I was talking to one of our sisters yesterday. I said, look, well, you know, hey, listen to this. Handle, how to handle crisis as Christians. Listen to this. James says something that is later in life I now understood. He said, count it all joy when you fall into what? Diverse temptations. You know what James said? That you should be happy when they struggle. You know, when he say count it all joy, you know why you don't count? He said, oh, I have, you know, maybe... I have a new car, brethren, I count it all joy. Have you ever said that? That's why sometimes it's good to use a modern translation that simplifies words. Bring the words to the one you are using. Because oh, pastor, please come and pray for me. I have a new car, come and pray for the car. My wife and I are counting it all joy. Do you say that? So when we say count it all joy, we, we miss what James was saying. What do you do? Ah, we are packing to a new house. Ah. Oh, we just thank God. We are so happy. Is that not what you say? We are so happy, Pastor. Please, will you be available? Can you just pray with us? Oh, we are so happy. God has been so good. That's the meaning of count it what? All joy. So, what did James say? James said, if you're a businessman, you have a factory, you import goods, and dollar goes from seven hundred to one thousand four hundred in a space of less than twelve months. Is that a crisis? He says you go and testify. Brethren, I'm so glad. I'm so glad this Naira has lost half of the value. You saved that 10 million Naira in the bank towards buying a car. When you were saving <laughs> top, 10 million was supposed to be an earth-shaking car. You know this kind of car, when you park, say, Pastor, come and bless it. The Lord has been good. Now, <laughs> hey, 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 the Lord is good. Let's leave it like that. Your 10 million has dropped in value. To 4.5 million in front of your eyes. Not behind you. You were watching it. You were watching it. It went down. There are two ways to react. One way like, what is going on in this country? We thought Buhari's government was bad. We didn't know this one was even more clueless. That's one way to react. James said, how do you react? Hey, no, no. Not counting your joy. Be, happy. Be happy. Thank you. He said, you should go there and laugh. Say, have you seen it? What happened? <laughs> they would say we should have brought here eh? so-and-so dollars for the We can't say we should send $5,000. Now all the money we have cannot even buy 2000 <laughs> Give me your hand. This is the day that the Lord has made. The two of you are dancing. I just didn't come and say, Daddy, what's going on? Did you win jackpot? We are obeying what James said. We just lost half of the value of our money. So James said, Rejoice. I didn't understand that all my life. Even though I believed it. That's what I always say about the world. Just hold it. One day you'll understand. For the glory of God, I can tell you. Now, I say that with joy. And I mean it literally. If that happens to me, I just, I just laugh. I just, I just laugh. Now, the question of why. Is that I like to lose value? No. No, I don't like to lose value any more than you do. It is, it, look, it, is, it will be wrong. It will be a perverse mind to take pleasure in bad things. So, okay. So why can you be happy under those circumstances? I'll tell you, it is simple. There is nothing that drives you to prayer more than adversity. Go and find one for me. Look. And that's where you should have been all your life. It always drives you back there. Why that thing would be a problem is when it does not increase the amount of time or the amount of spiritual energy you spend communing with God. That's when it becomes a real problem. There's one thing this woman said those days, one of her lines, immigrant, beautiful. She was to sing gospel. She said, loneliness is not so blue when it keeps my mind on you. So the song says, I love a lonely day. It makes me think of you. It's one of her old songs. Yeah, but she said, Loneliness is not so blue. When he keeps my mind on you. Yeah, but she does the point about it. If problems make you sit down with God, it was good for you. Let me tell you something about problems. Eh? God and problems. This is how the Lord handles problems. That is attitude towards it. Jesus is there preaching. They, they come to tell him. His friend Lazarus is sick. And it continues like nothing happened. Yes sir. Lazarus is sick. Okay tell um, Mary. Tell Martha. I will be there when I am done. He says sir you don't get the point. He has gone into a coma. Tell Mary. Tell Martha. When I am done I will be there. Sir. Here's the person they look. He says, yes sir we get the point. Then they run back. And say he's busy, say he has like two more days on that crusade. He'll soon be here. Did you tell him how serious the matter was? We tried. I don't think you did. We said everything. The look he gave me before I left was what drove me away. You know what happened? Lazarus got worse. Then he died. And he was dead before Jesus Christ started coming. By the time he got there, how long had he been dead? For this. For four days. Th- that is how God treats problems. You know why? Because he said, don't ever forget that. I am the resurrection and the life. There's no problem I can't reverse. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. So your, your 10 million has crashed in value by 70%. Say, so I will make that one do three times what the money you had with its full value could have done. What's the big deal? Let me tell you, those of you who have been, using, uh, you've been focusing on Naira went down here. For information, this is not prophetic. Okay, is it prophetic? I think it is. <laughs> it is not coming back in a hurry. So, maybe okay, this is not prophetic, it's just observational, all right? I just observed it. The federal government did one. Did you see the gri they did with the dollar? And Naira quickly appreciated a bit. I said, this is not sustainable. You know what it means? It will continue to go the other way. They will soon, not because they are bad people. Now, the reasons why it's going on, I understand two crucial reasons why that is happening. All right? The third reason is a fallout from those first two. But we we'll won't discuss them, okay? But then, if those two reasons are there, this is not stopping. So what does it mean? Uh, let's panic. Why should I panic? Why should money make you panic? Because the things are getting more expensive. I so... What is supposed to make me do? Make me pray some. In fact, this is a time we should look for testimony. Say, God, please give us testimony. I want to tell a story of something I got that God done in my life. I found it easier when things were tougher than when things were easier for me. That is how God expects you to handle difficult times. Not to sit down and say, God, do you know what's going on in this country? I said, No, I don't. I don't know. It's Nigeria on my map. Of course, you don't expect him to react like that. He knows what is going on. He's a God that is very what? Close. Very close. He's very close. See, there's nothing wrong with having initial anxiety about some things. But it must not last. What I'm trying to say, if you have fears and anxiety about things, there is a place of solution. Where is that place? On your knees. Let me tell you the way I do it. It work for you like that, but don't know how... Just try But that's what I do. I don't, I don't even rush to pray. I say, let me go and fast. That's not my own. He said, I want everybody to sleep. I go and sleep early. I, it's like telling the Lord, let's see at night on this matter. And I can assure you of one thing. God is my witness. I'm not lying to you. The prayers have never lasted as long as I planned. Many times I'm on my knees. In five minutes, I'm done. My wife will know I woke up. I don't, I don't even, it's, it's not often I shout. I just wake up during the night. Typically, it's around 2 a.m. When people are fighting demons, I go to see my Lord and Father. I hope you're getting my point. I just kneel down there. Lord, this is the issue. Now, let me just give this dollars as an example. You know I'm a business person. This is what we put these things. This was what planned. This was, it's not working that way. Lord, I refuse to have anxiety because you are my God. I just discuss everything, explain everything. So this is what I'm asking you to do. Help me solve this problem. I don't know how you are going to solve it, but I know you can. Give me resources, give me wisdom, do whatever you need to do. But my business, Lord, should not go down. And this is why I don't want it to go down. I have 16 members of staff. I pay them, visit. You know, you just discuss all of those things. If you don't like this business, if you need to ship, if it's time to move on, let us know. Let us exit with dignity, with honor. You see all of those things. Yeah, I, My personal experience is if my plan was that it take an hour, it, will have, it, will, it ends up taking 15 minutes. You just continue down there giving thanks, reading, and um, please read the scriptures. Just memorize scriptures. Mem- no, you don't worry, you don't have to be innovative about it. Psalm 23 is good, Psalm 121 is good, 34. You know, there are some like that. Just pick a few and just recite them. And please present the matter before the Lord. It's not time to... ah, The devil That devil is not saying anything more than trying to scare you. I hope you get my point. The devil that said, my business will go down. The devil has never said that. You are the one hearing that. What he's trying to do is to instigate fear in you. So you don't have to say, my business will not go down. You are talking to him about your business. Who did you see do that in the Bible? You rebuke the devil by insisting on what? The word of God. If the devil tries to scare you, say, I will not have anxiety. I commit all my issues to the Lord. That's resisting the devil. Now begin to pray right now. All the powers fighting our business. In the name of Jesus. We say you will not succeed. Ah, ha, ha. You can't be using tongues to fight the devil. People say, there are things we say. Like I said, when you go in tongues like that, the devil gets confused. You know, that thing has no meaning. Let's just leave it like that. Because the issue of the devil is not part of my prayer equation. That's my own issue about it. It's not part of my prayer equation. Okay, when he was not confused, what did he do? His powers still don't go beyond temptation and accusation. These are the things that I address directly before the Lord. I resist the devil by insisting on what God has said concerning my life. I don't have time to be talking to him. How do you have pro- address problems? Please. The thing problems do, like it's going on right now, is initially try to scare you. They tell you that, ah, they kidnap some people. Hey, hey. In this country, we will not travel again? I don't know what is going on. Don't do that. I'm not saying you should never be concerned. You can pray immediately if you can. But me, I just leave everything. I go and sleep. I book an appointment. Is that, is that a good way to put it? Just rise up during the night and say to the Lord. And like this safety issue. You bring out Psalm 91. And that's Psalm 121. And say, Lord, fulfill this in my life. And that's my favorite Deuteronomy the chapter 29. There is none like the God of Israel. You re- recite those scriptures And say, Father, fulfill this in my life. As my children go out, I'm asking you to protect them, to defend them. I will not, it is, now listen, it is a sin against the Lord. Listen to what I want to say now. Be careful as a Christian. I've not entered my message for today yet, I just realized it. It's a dangerous one. You know, I've not gotten to the dangerous part. So now I'm getting there. It is a sin against the Lord. To say, because the place is dangerous, I will withdraw my children and go and hide them elsewhere. When I have not prayed about it. Now, please, I have to give God's warnings to Christians. Thus says the Spirit of the Lord. If you do that, you will meet worse trouble where you are going. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, this is scripture. This is scripture. I'm giving you the word of God. I'm not imagining what I'm telling you. You know, there are things you do. You insult the Lord. There is nothing wrong with having initial panic, initial anxiety. When I say initial the initial response. Now, I'm not saying it's right because the Jesus wouldn't have it. However, when it happens, that's what I'm saying. Fine, you quickly go to the Lord. Kite, when I heard that news, it scared me. Lord, I shouldn't be afraid because you are my God. You say you'll be with me always. So I should not be afraid. Then I bring the matter to him in prayer. But I feel like saying because I see people do it all the time. They say there's problems. And then you just get up and relocate family to a safe environment but not by the Spirit. You know, God placed a curse on those who seek help from Egypt. And don't seek help from him. I've gone to my message now. Let me you know, tell God is very personal. That's where I was going. I'm going to define these things for us again. It's not new, if you've been listening to me for some time. What is a sin unto death? I'm going to talk about that in a moment. I'll talk a little bit about judgment for sin, which Christians often overlook. I'll talk about that. And I'll talk about the rule of truth, all of them together in our lives. Let me tell you what God does. This is the dangerous part. When I started by saying he's very personal. God is very personal. He's very, very personal. He's very close. He's looking at how you are spending your money. He's looking at how you are doing this. This is where I'm going. When he gives you truth, when he exposes you to truth, you must obey it. You cannot rationalize it away. Let me say something about God. He's very patient, but his patience can be exhausted. He's long-suffering. But the time comes, he'll tell you that, and this is from both from scripture and from personal people's experience they've testified. Like you say concerning them, that he, hey, uh, the scripture, I can't quote it directly now, but I'll give you the general gist about it. As if they annoyed God again and again, he sent them prophets again and again, he prophesied they killed and did, he said, until there was no remedy. That's what I'm going. Say, so a time came, there was no remedy. So that when Jeremiah began to prophesy, Jeremiah begged God. God said, No. He said, A, a destruction has been determined. Now, if you use my version, he said, Overflowing with righteousness. You know what that means? He said, This is the only right thing to do. If I don't destroy them, it will be iniquity on my part. So I can't show them message, Jeremiah, I'm, ser- I'm sorry. said, so The only ones that will, be, will escape are the ones that will willingly submit to the judgment. What is it? There are two levels of judgment. First level, pack your load, go and serve the Babylonians. Second level, be stubborn, stay in the land, resist the Babylonians, and I will make sure they kill all of you. Another said, Run to Egypt. When you get to Egypt, there you will die. And that's what he told them. Look, look, look. It's important we get this. God is very patient. But his patience is not eternal. It gets to a time it runs out with people. I hope you are getting the point I'm making. It gets to a point his patience just simply runs out. But he doesn't want it to run out. But next thing I want to emphasize again is that following God in itself. Now, please, don't get me wrong. It's not something that is easy and sweet when people are watching from outside. It's only easy because it supplies grace. What am I going to say? Obeying God will be drastic. Obeying God can mean, now this will surprise people, that you make, you, apparently speaking, make no further progress with your life. I don't know what that means for somebody. I feel like I'm talking to somebody. Because people have told you that, you are very, that they don't understand you. There was a time in my life I went through that point. I look back and I thank God for that season. God, de- I, I didn't get make up my mind. I don't want to make any progress. So. It was just circumstances that hedged me in. But at that time, I was having so much feasting on God's word that I couldn't see what others were seeing. And now I look back and I can understand their concern because I was very young. I landed, I landed in Benin one day. It was our local convention from the university gate. We had it on University of Benin premises or campus. From the gate to the Event center we're using the central calf. Those of you know been in, you I took a bike, a motorbike. As I was coming, as I got there, my friend greeted me like this: "Hey, Banky, I heard you are the only jobless doctor in Nigeria." That was a greeting he gave me. He's a comedian. He's a very funny person. Till now, he's still like that. But that was a greeting he gave me. He said, "I heard you are the only jobless doctor in Nigeria," which means they were t- discussing the matter. Then I showed up because he came from Owerri or so. Yeah, I think it came from either somewhere in Imo, or was it wasn't even not that time. But not these days that everybody will make a phone call, you're a child, you on Facebook, no. We hardly heard from each other. Those days, if you needed to talk to somebody, you wrote a letter, if they could get a phone, you know, landline. But that was a discussion. But even my mother was concerned. But why I was not concerned, both you know, in the realm of physical things and the realm of spiritual things, was that like God had given me a dream when I was seven, which I did not know the interpretation of until things began to happen. Let's talk about the spiritual side. People felt that, ha! Because I, I was teaching, the title, Pastor Banky, that people call me today, was, was a guy name, in case you don't know. Was a guy name on campus. You know, they, you know what they call guy name? What's the correct English word? Nickname. No, it's not a nickname, it's guy name. <laughs> oh, yeah, nickname. Okay, okay, sorry, nickname. A, you know guys now, you know yeah. guys, you know. Was a, a guy name. Do they use things like nicknames? Yes. Nickname is no. That Nickname is more like nickname that maybe I come, they say Banky. No, no, Pastor. Nickname is something like um, Captain. Another name they call it. This was a guy named like Yo Man Wuzzo. Is it the same thing? Is it free and freely? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but you get my point. I'm just joking about that. All right? That's where it started. So, of course, people expected that by now. People like me are supposed to have gone into ministry that time, of course. By now. So questions began to arise. Tongues began. I remember my pastor, I worked with him when I was in my house job. One day I went to see him. He asked me about ministry. And I told him, we are preparing. He now said, "Now, these were his words. If people like you are preparing, then who will do the work? People like you are still preparing. Because I worked for him a few years before that. For a whole year, I was his Bible study teacher. People like you are still preparing, and I remember what the Spirit gave me. I didn't realize it, but I, I couldn't answer him. I just said no. Sir. I just gave him some. But the, what I thought in my mind is that the depth, the height of the building, determines the depth of the foundation. That was the answer that came to my heart. Because at I midnight, mean, I was like, ah, no. God just said, relax. The height of the building will determine the depth of the foundation. So relax. God has given me. Revelation. Before that, when I was seven, I finished my service in ninety-three. Okay, so I already knew there would be. I didn't know, but it was as it was playing out. I was interpreting the delays. Listen, because God is so close. I told you one of those days. I was suggesting my wife about it a few days ago. I went to a church, well-known church in Nigeria. If I mention the name, they are still there. One day, I made up my mind to go and join them and start ministry. Listen, that's when you've heard the story. That's when I resigned the job that was paying me 9000 by working nights and two weekends a month to manage the one that was paying me 6000 I had both before. One was day, one was night. I had both. Well, I, had to, I resigned, dropped my income from 15000 to 6000 because I said I wanted to go to church. That was the reason. So I could go to church in the evenings. And the first day, I had attended this church for some time and God didn't say anything. But this Sunday, I came with the intention to join them. I was already scanning, where do I start from? So that Sunday I came. The plan was I would hang around at the end, ask some questions, volunteer for one of the workers' groups. As I sat down in the church, the God that is so close said, not here. i like, I've been coming to this job for 18 months, a year and a half. Why all of a sudden, that I just sat down, I looked at the place. It was no, please. place. I mean no disrespect. There was a f- choking presence that just surrounded me. As if somebody dripped a plastic bag over my face and I couldn't breathe. I only endured that service because I was sitting in front. Man, I endured that guy's mes- message. I was telling my wife about it about two days ago. I endured the message. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> if I didn't have medical training, eh, I would have run out. He said, what do I mean? Because I thought I was drowning. I thought I was choking. But because I'm trained, are you getting me? I knew what to check in somebody who's dying. As soon as they shared the grace or more, you never see race before. Abby. I got up and bolted out. And as soon as I got outside, whew, everything went easy. And I turned and looked at the building. And a thought framed in my mind. I'm not saying God said, don't let me see you here. Again, so I said, Lord, I get the point. See, we are dealing with a God that is so close. Look, He's very personal. Listen to this. If it teaches you truth, you don't have a choice but to let the truth work itself out in your life. Now I, I use that statement instead of saying obey it because you see the word actually causes obedience. It provokes obedience, it's automatic. Usually, what prevents obedience is also raising up standards against the word. If you just sat down and the word came to you, look, as I'm preaching, I, I, I told the story of a young man who went into the spirit, remember? And I said, he didn't say anything like that. Where I'm going is as I'm preaching, as anyone is preaching, you're sitting down with the word of God, the Holy Spirit is talking to you personally. Do you know how many times people have sat me down and said, look, you said this, you said this, you said this, and I'm like, I did? From the same meeting, three people were here, said that message was if like you were preaching to only me. I know I wasn't preaching to only you, but God was talking to only you. Are you getting my point? I came preaching to everybody. People are streaming. We have more people joining us online that are physically present here. People are streaming from everywhere. I'm preaching to everybody. But you know what? God is speaking to only you. It's the reason why you tell me things like that. Because when you are coming, God has prepared your own word. I'll read Psalm 23. Four people will hear four different things. Why? It's not the letters, it's the spirit that gives life. So God speaks to each person. And as He's talking to you like that, listen to me, saints of God. What happens is that immediately obedience comes into your life. You know, Ezekiel said, The spirit entered into me and did what? Set Set me on my feet. But why are many of us not on our feet? Because once the battle is set on our feet, we grab our chair, we grab our bed. If I rise up now, what will my friends say? That was not the plan I made for my life. Ah, I had said that ah, I am going to marry this kind of person. I have said I am going to walk in this kind of place. We start grabbing our seats. but The Spirit struggles with us a few times. He said, my spirit will not always strive with man. So it leaves us again. Then one day we will go and hear that same word again. That Spirit tries to raise us up to our feet again. Then we start with strongholds. What if, but my father expects, hey, my friends will think, as we are doing all of that, bam, it drops us again. Now, my message today is this. A day will come, he will get tired. I told you my message is dangerous, right? Yes. When he says today is a day of salvation, not a joke. I have found out that God has a huge demand on personal responsibility for everyone. There are times he will deliberately stand on your path just helping you. A time comes, he will not stand on your path. If you say you want to go astray, say go ahead, go astray. Nobody's going to stop you on the way. But drowning, you shall drown. Initially, he will block your way. Don't go that way. He will block you. Look, listen, let me tell you something about Balaam. Hey, not Balaam. What's the name of that guy? The one that went into the fish. Jonah. I'll tell you something about God. God was not doing demonstration with Doma. Jonah. You know what they call demonstration? Let's put in Nigeria in the Demo. What's demo? Threat. He wasn't trying to frighten him into obedience. know what he was trying to do? Kill him. God was not trying to scare Jonah to obey him. He was trying to kill him. And God kills people, including Christians. Please, I need to keep attacking that wrong doctrine that says he doesn't. God kills people, including Christians. He was trying to kill Jonah. He was on his way to kill Jonah. The angel had been dispatched, drowned him. If he does not face Nineveh, anywhere he faces, drown him. The guy went to Joppa and an angel bought him a ticket. Now I want you to understand. An angel went there and reserved the seat for him. He made sure he had money. Why? I'm supposed to drown him. If he doesn't enter the boat, how he go take drown? drown? So look for some people who, wants to, who he wants to punish to join him on the boat. Those ones, they will lose their goods. <laughs> I told them this is bad investment. They've been cheating people. They all of them joined Jonah. He was planning to drown that prophet. An angel arranged his pathway. Some of you, angel, don't buy you a ticket and you're going to enter that plane. The angel, hum. as soon as they got there, <laughs> the angel began to turn the, the tea, You know, like <laughs> he just put spoon inside the Cup and began to stare the same. You know the rest of the story. Let me not bore you with the rest of the story. Of course, he entered into the water and then he began to drown. But because he's so merciful, because he's so merciful, and Jonah's cup was not entirely full, because there are some people, as said, I won't, I won't hear. You can pray all the prayer you want to pray. The only thing I will do for your family is I'll make sure your body floats back to Jerusalem, whichever way. Well, it's, no, I said, okay, leave him. Now, Jonah prayed. Now, why I'm saying so is that because we misunderstand Jonah thinking that God sent a fish to catch Jonah. He did no such thing. He sent an angel to drown Jonah. As Jonah was drowning, he began to repent. Time will not let me go into it now, but you can go and read it. As Jonah was drowning, he was saying, I am sorry. Of course, he couldn't open his mouth. But see, I've had that experience in life. You don't speak for more than 15 seconds, sometimes 5 seconds. I can almost play it in my mind. The prayer that God had me say for 30 minutes. And I didn't speak for more than 5 seconds. Jonah was going down. He wasn't seeing the water again. He saw the water when they were on top. As he was going down, he began to pray. He was praying and repenting and begging God. I am sorry. I won't do it again. And finally, he got to the bottom of the ocean and he was dead. I believe it. He was dead. But his prayer rose up to God before he finally drowned. And God now prepared sharply a big fish to go and pick up the corpse. So the fish picked up the corpse. If you see, Jonah described being in Gehenna What happened was a shield. That's how he described it. He was essentially buried in the mouth of the fish. But then he was still able... Now, if you're going to read what happened in the belly of the fish. Jonah was not aware of anything that happened. I can assure you of that. But that was when he revived. Somewhere along the line, I'm not sure the man knew where he was. Is Is there light in the belly of the fish? No, I'm asking is there light there? So even if he woke up, he didn't know where he was. The guy was just as dead as if he were dead. But God gave him the consciousness to begin to give thanks. Now, I know this because what was recorded of him said that I said. You see, when he began to give thanks, he was reporting to us the prayers he prayed. So when he began to give thanks, God now said, okay, fish, carry him to where I told him to go. No, I hope that's what the fish did. Submarine transport, the guy just came, put him on the beach. Now, if you are wondering why everybody believed Jonah, that was why. Because people we were fishing. They just saw one fish, have a stomach upset. The fish chop batting. Now, smaller side, if you are the fish, try not to swallow a prophet. They give indigestion. <laughs> anyway, that's a joke. So he got up, of course the fish had indigestion, had stomach upset, and swam to the beach, vomited on the beach. The fishermen saw it. People lounging on the beach, they saw it. People moving around, saw it happen. Just one big fish, suddenly, as if water carried it, you know the way it happens. Just ran it ashore, it vomited, and then wiggled his tail back into the water and swam away. So they looked at, what's going on there? They saw a man cleaning himself. What happened? The man like, where am I? You're on the shores of Nineveh. Nineveh, right? Yes. Oh, Lord, I thank you. The guy was worshipping So they helped me clean the or give him something to wear. You want food? It wouldn't be bad. They gave him food. Thank you very much, and he left. Then one next day, they saw him going around. Repent! Because the kingdom of God is at hand. (laughs) No, he didn't say that. He said, 40 days hence, and Nineveh shall be overtaken. Ah, oh boy. Shedra, come. Is that not the man we caught yesterday, that came out of the fish? Is The G spread around. The man kept on going. 40 days, thus says the Lord. Now, please, if you were him, them, would you not believe? If a man that fish vomited onto your shores, now say God spoke to him, or God spoke to you. <laughs> See, brethren, God spoke to you. That's why everybody believed. When they told the king, the king said, "Oh, Ma, we are in trouble. Now, what am I telling you? the story is not about Nineveh, it's about Jonah. God intended fully to kill Jonah. What saved him? Because it's the way God behaves, all right? Those people in heaven, there's a way they behave. There are two sides to them. There's a set that they, are, they only follow judgment. They follow the rules. On that set, they plead for mercy. Yeah, and please, whether I repent, Jesus does not continually plead for mercy forever. Why you keep surviving is that he's on elysic side that pleads for mercy. There's a side they don't understand all of these things. Why is God patient with the people? I have a sword. Yeah, they're there. So those are when they hear a small whiff of judgment. Phew, they've gone ahead. They are the ones that went after Jonah. The other, they are the same ones. The moment, what is the name of our guy, Balaam, was going, the guys went in front. Said God, if he crosses here, he will die. The other side, they start pleading. For us now, Christians, that is led by Jesus Christ. And listen, listen to this. The time comes when he stops saying anything about your case. The day he stops, the other guy is taking over. I know what I'm telling you. Listen, that's what happened to Look, they just went, Balaam, you're dead meat. We're just begging for your sake here. The other group are going to, they had, no, that's why I was telling, telling the story. They had gone to kill Balaam. That angel had drawn a line. What is the idea? If he crosses here, he must die. That was just the agreement they came with. The other group were like, he won't cross it. The person, they pulled the, <laughs> pulled the, the donkey back. They quickly opened the eye of the donkey. The donkey saw, began to misbehave. After a while, one of them went. (sighs) They put, blew in the eyes of Balaam. He saw the angel. Balaam, stop! What the angel said? If you have crossed this line, I will have killed you. I'm telling this whole story. You know, we behave as if we treat God any way we like. He must bless us because he's a good God. I came to tell you today. You know, there's something I tell my wife once in a while, and I pray to God about it all the time. You know, God takes time out to prepare things. And, you know, people frustrate him every day. Every day. I'll say something to you so you'll understand the way God does. You know, during COVID, I told all my children, it will never go well with you if you don't serve the Lord. And I meant that prayer. I, is he a threat? Yes. Who has time for madness? Some people will rather have unbelieving children that deny the Lord, but they are safe in Europe. Not me, Not me. Not me. You know why? There are eternal plans. There are eternal plans. There are things that God from heaven said, go to Banky's house. Call him daddy. Stay there for 25 years. He will train you to serve me. (laughs) Then when you arrive, we are doing baby dedication. Thank the Lord. (laughs) We thank God. These are eternal plans. These are eternal plans in which there is nothing I want to do. Pray from now till tomorrow. There are places I will never get to. Yeah, because God says, listen, where you started from is here. That's what happened to David. David said, let's build a temple. God said, I can't let you build a temple. You know the reason he gave, but there's a principle behind it. David, I cannot let you build a temple. Pray, David, I can't let you build me a temple. Your work, for certain reasons, cannot, not will not, cannot involve building a temple. So David said, Okay, you know what I'm going to do? I will put everything down. The man had been getting ready to build that temple. When he wanted to build, God said no. That's why he saved money. God said no. So David said, Fine. Okay, everything I have, I put it down for the building of the temple. But God said, I can't build it. Solomon, you must build it. Where am I going? There are temples that must be built. It's the next generation that will build it. I hope you get my what I'm saying. In that context, some of us parents only, re, we only represent who? Oh, oh, David. You are David. I need to explain this. Christian parents, I'm begging you, raise your children with that mindset. They are not your security for tomorrow, they are not. They are not your pride and joy. Me say, if I born my, my child is now an engineer. My child is now a pilot. That's not the issue. You know, the way we behave, I say it all the time. It's as if we are saying, God, don't increase this blessing. What's new of this guy in uh, South Africa? There's one guy that spoke, speaks business a lot in South Africa. He said something once. All right, just to, eh? But you know the guy, that fine guy, all right? He said, one day they were interviewing him. It was saying one major problem they had in South Africa after this apartheid collapse. Was, was, it made the name of the program. I can't remember the name. But I say it created instant wealth. And a lot of black South Africans have a problem now. They think wealth is instant. Because you know what happened? Like they wanted to empower the blacks. okay? And they went about it. The only way they knew, which is the wrong way, they forced the whites to give up a lot of businesses and equity and all of that, and lent money to the black people to buy businesses and buy shares in companies. So a lot of black guys became wealthy overnight. So a lot of the young people think that's how life... So the guy was explaining that that's not how life is, that we we have made a terrible mistake of training people to think that's how life is. He was not describing how come Jews and South Africa, now Indians, make a lot of the control businesses. He said, how do you hand companies that were built over three, four generations by one executive order to people who have never seen wealth? They will destroy it. So he began to explain. He said, look, what do the Indians do? They, they arrive in South Africa. The man starts a laundry business. and Now, for purpose of explanation, that's all he does. But he hands a laundry over, business over to his son, who maintains a laundry business, and adds a grocery store. Now, just for so the explanation, he said he maintains his laundry business and the grocery store and hands over to his son who decides that he's doing real estate as to it. He said after three generations, you know what he notice? They own everything. Then he blasts, wake up one day and say, eh, he said, look, he said it doesn't work like this. You have to train them to build wealth. You know what I found out? Very few of us these days, Christians, please listen to me. Very few of us are concerned about building transgenerational wealth. We just want the immediate salary. What do I mean? I have that grocery store and that laundry business. Then I use the money to educate my children to go and get a job somewhere in a bank. Just pay them. So when I die, you know what happens? The business dwindles. So you don't find billionaires in the next generation, whose fathers were just okay. Building upon their father's wealth. When you hear of Hilton, you think one man just built Hilton into what it is today? He probably died having left two, I'm not sure about Hilton, but you, you get my idea. Two or three hotels and that's it. But then, you know what? No, <laughs> you know, it's not I understand why people hand things over to their sons. It's not I understand. But you know, at least in our country now, People are not planning to hand things over to their sons. They're not handing anything over. I know companies. I won't mention their names. In this our nation. Hmm? Okay, I'll mention some, some. They're supposed to be transportation businesses. For decades, they've run luxury buses, you know, small buses and all of that. Go and ask for their children. One is a doctor in Atlanta. The other one is an engineer in um, uh, Australia. All over the then, So, when the man dies, it starts going down. Because every other person is a hireling. I've noticed people do it. They don't have enough faith in what they are doing. They just think, let me just eke out a living. See, this. let me tell you why black people are poor, especially Nigerians. And they will remain poor for a long time unless the church does things differently. After told you have to have a heart that wants to build things transgenerationally. You cannot just get up. You start a business, it does okay. And the only thing you can do with the business is to scatter your children worldwide. There's nobody there that built with you from the beginning. Those days you hear of this person and sons, this person and sons. When I was young, I thought sons was like limited. Are you getting my point? So I, So is, you know, we thought we' start a company and call it Bankolier and Sons, not knowing that no, it's not Vancoulier and Sons. It's literally boys voice you gave birth to. you trained in the business. They are directors. Why are they the best? It's not because they are smarter than other people. They have one thing, others don't have commitment. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you're getting my point. My son works for my wife. Sometimes I will tell him, I say, pay this boy better. I say, why? I said the work he does for you, there's nobody you are paying that will work as hard as this for you. Well, you know, just be playing about it in the house. Of course, he doesn't care whether mommy pays or does it. That's what children do. If it was not your son, who would take that nonsense from you? Who, who, who will? Who will? Who will? Nobody, not because they are wicked, but because see, I told you there are three kinds of workers. Hmm? There are owners, there are true shepherds, and there are hirelings. Usually true shepherds are owners. So basically, there are two kinds of workers. True shepherds, And hirelings, to have the heart of a true shepherd or a good shepherd in the heart of a hireling, you need to be Jacob. It's an unusual thing. Even that Jacob, one day he came. You see, Oga, it have do. Even that Jacob. One day, he had to... And what did he say? He said, let me go and prepare an inheritance for my own children. Because he understood, I do not have any inheritance here. You know, it's not good to talk too much when you are young. When I was young, I used to wonder, How about to why won't he? Why won't he? No. Yeah, he's not understanding. It's simply because from... Of course, not every song will do well. I hope I get my point. Even Solomon told us as much. And then those, that's what he told us the reason why. You just want to give over to his son simply because he's a son. No, sonship is not because you were born in the house. It's because you were trained in the house. So you are not supposed to hand over to a son that was not trained in the house. I won't mention the name of one, some of our big businesses that have collapsed in this country because a man handed over to his son that he did not train. You know the one I'm talking about. Papa was MD. Uh, thing, they, walked out, they walked the son up, he right? became MD. Bam. He ran the whole thing down. They had to sell it over to another group. But it didn't have to be like that if he didn't spot that boy. What he needed to do was to, oh boy, go to school. You know, this, this medemede children we are raising it's not good for us. You know what they call medemede the the children? You, go, you, you live at the best schools for them where doesn't wash cloth? See, try and retrace your steps and know the things that formed you. Make them go through it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You started a big company, a bank as an example. That guy is not supposed to become a director. Quick. No. Make him interview for the job. If he fails, are you getting my point? Let him, good enough, the interview is written initially. Tell him, pass. All your children, all of you want to work here, all of you go and read if you fail this interview, you are not going to be employed. So they will go and read until they pass. If they fail, do another interview for them. Then when they come, say you, you, are, you all of you live in Abuja, your HQ. Send him to Enugu. Let him be an officer in Enugu, one of your branches. And call the manager there. Say, if, I, if you want me to sack you, huh? let me hear you give this boy preferential treatment. That is how I will sack you. If he comes late, let him feel firm like everybody else. Now, appraiser issue. <laughs> My wife used to work in the bank. Many of you don't know. That's what his old guy used to tell them. It's an appraiser matter. It's an appraiser matter. Anything you do, the man, the man will tell you it's an appraiser issue. <laughs> tell you, the manager, look, I'll tell you, it's an appraiser issue. That salary they are paying, he too should manage it. Because he won't know whether it's good or bad. Now, meanwhile, you want him to be MDO, you are training this guy to be the MD. You call his manager in any interview. If I hear you give, put him in marketing, give him a card that's not very good. Just the same way you give other people. He must meet his target. I'm telling you. No, seriously, I'm begging you guys, that is what you are supposed to do. Don't let him fail and get promotion. First, he will demoralize other people in that place. I hope you understand my point. Let it be that they say, why is he working so hard like this? You know, there are two ways. People can say that. Why is he not doing anything? Hey, now, papa get the bank now. That's one way. There's another way. Why is he working so hard? Now, papa get them now. Can you see, both things can apply. See, he's working for his inheritance. So he knows he's his zone. That way, he will come, before you know what's happening, he's a maintenance manager apart from being a marketing executive. He's already a maintenance manager because he's his father's air conditioner. When, the, when, the, when you see his fair appraisal that the guy did well, then have him transferred to another area. Eventually, one day, he becomes the father's PA. No, I'm the, father's PA. So that he will see what the father is called pouring water on the hands of what? Of who? Elijah. So you invite him for board meetings to take minutes. Not to open his mind. <laughs> eh? When your mates are talking, why should? You t- when your seniors are talking, your father's mates are talking, you don't talk. At the end of the day, he's your executive assistant. When you say, okay, we're supposed to see the vice president. He's the one that will note it. He will remind you, daddy, are you still sleeping? Remember you said we'll see the vice president today by 10. Yeah, good. You, you didn't forget. You wanted him to be the one to remind you. He gets everything ready. He is also ready with the presentation. He follows you to go and see the vice president. He sees how they talk to dangotis. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, all the ministers. He sees how it is done. He sees how they write checks. You teach him all kinds of how to manage life. He's flying abroad. Economy, first that He's following you. You sit in front. Oh boy, go and sit at the back. You sit at the back. Look, by, that time, by the time that guy is 40, hmm? he can work for anybody. He doesn't need your job. Listen, he will be able to manage a whole national you know, spread bank for anybody. It doesn't need your own. And that's why you now make him an executive director. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Before you even retire, you have already retired. Everybody already knows his word is final. They give you a file, you toss it to him. Should we approve? That is 300 billion. Those guys can't handle it. Why are you sure he explains it to you? So tell the other guy that I denied the approval. Thank you. And you didn't look at the paper. But you know what many people do? When their boys, their slaves are working, if a boy is there jogging on the streets of London, they say, Watch your watch your calories. <laughs> watch your calories. The other boys are burning calories, going from office to office. He's twenty already flying up and down in private jet. Why won't he run down your bank when you finally hand it over to him? Because he doesn't understand. There's one guy that told me like that that he will never meet big customers. Things that his father would. You <laughs> will see the way owners do things. Jesus is Lord. You know what they call owners. <laughs> I used to pity my wife. He said, driver didn't show up in the morning. My wife has dressed up by 5 a.m. to go and do school run. He said, sweetheart, let me go. He said, No, you are Pastor Banky. So one day I said, Pastor Banky's wife cannot die while he watches. If you won't let Pasavanki drive, then I shut down the school. That's what owners do. They can't sit down and be giving excuses. They can't sit down and be giving excuses. Ah, You know that guy that you wanted to hire, he does boss business. One day I was talking to him. This guy is a doctor. We are talking. We're talking and so I was trying to get, negotiate with him to hand, take over things for my wife and all of that. He, he laughed. He said sometimes he, he gets a call. That his driver didn't show up. This guy was chairman of Inugu NME. He said, Oga, he calls me Oga. He said, Oga, I take my key, forget the driver, I enter my bus. Chairman of Enugu State Nigerian Medical Association. He said, I will enter my bus, so no driver won't spoil my business. He'll be going from house to house, picking children to go to school because he has a company. That's what they do. Once he gets another driver to replace. Hi, Alice. Eh. He said the oil is short. So it's there, buying up and eating. If you see what owners do, you, you know what I'm talking about. Owners cannot watch things spoil. They just can't. They just can't. They just can't. You no, know, they carry the things on their head. That's why I gave a third group of workers. So there are people hired, but they behave like owners. That's what the people you call true shepherds or good shepherds. They are real shepherds. I found out that many of us, we don't care. We don't care. God, bless me, bless me. They want God to give us more blessings. He said, I know this boy. This thing will not last beyond this generation. Look at the way he's treating his children. Usually because the children can get a bigger salary than he can pay. Eh? That's it now. You've sold the destiny. There's no problem. I was telling you, look, I said I'm going to somewhere dangerous. I never even reached there. Just fasten your seatbelt. Also. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. Because, you see, the problem God has is... People who are not committed to follow him to the end. That's why I said what I said about children. I, I thought about this is not just one day's revelation. I thought about it. Because you know what you're having is people who can't follow till the end. Especially let me tell you how to follow God. I like one thing the reprint said. He said, Nobody ever joins the army on the condition that he will not get killed. But you know what we are doing? We are joining Christ on the condition that we must prosper. We are joining him with a lot of conditions. What am I saying? In effect, many of us have not enlisted in the army of God. Once you still have conditions, you are not enlisted. You have not enlisted. See, kings that really last, they train their children in the military. I was reading something about the British Royal Family. That when the boys are in military school, eh? their mates used to that is their seniors used to treat them badly. They look for it, they drill the guy, kneel down, shout on him, knock his head. They say, Why? So one day one of the princes was complaining. Somebody said, Don't worry, eh? This is the only opportunity to knock the head of a king. <laughs> I don't get it, you get my point. He's like, Why am I being so harshly treated? He said they have to be able to tell their children, I've knocked that king before. Because one day they know you are going to be king. That is it. Go to the military. You know what that means? If they deploy you to Iraq, you can get bombed. And you can get killed. And your father has to promote your younger brother. But you know, what we do is, uh, God must bless. God must bless. See, if you don't sign up for death, you will never be effective for God. You will never be. And many of us, we signed up, then we say, God, only one person should die in this family now. The boys should not join. The girls should not join. And then God says, you see, that whole family did not endure, what? Till the end one. The See, there's a reason why blessing is 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. There's a reason why. Most of us that follow the law with all our heart, we think, we don't even get 30 fold. Do you know how big 30-fold is? We don't even. And the reason why we don't cross from 30 to 60, that's the next one I wanted to make, is that every level of truth makes a demand. It makes, and those demands, that's what I was saying to you earlier. Those demands are, naturally speaking, tough. You want to follow God the way it is convenient. You want to follow God, but when it's time to marry, you want your family to be happy with who you marry. He has to be acceptable in the eyes of your friends. You want to follow God, though, but you've checked it. He has to be acceptable in front of your, you know, your village people. That's why, you see, sometimes when I look at Christians, I just shake my head. I say, now, wow. Christians still want to marry from their own natural head. See, let me tell you something there. There's something about God hmm? and spiritual truths. He said, My spirit will not always strive with man. So your name is David, you follow God with all your heart. He said, The way you love women, there is something you will never enjoy. That's how it behaves. Sometimes, you know, I've, and I've seen it, I don't want to seem to be judging people. I've seen Okay, let's talk about that man I said the other day. I said he got close to men of God and he saw the kind of things they were seeing behind. And he said, Ah, ah. So this, will, this is what they actually believe. This is where I'm going. Like he said that all of them said, Ah, no. They are not having their children in this country. They have to give their children the opportunity. Remember right no? they, are, they are in front of God. That's why I told you that some of this God is faithful. Eh? Let me get Okay, I'll say it flat. Sometimes somebody will come to you. Ah, how are you? Fine. How's madam? Yeah, she traveled. Why? You know, she was about to deliver. So we said she should go to America to go and deliver. He said, you said God was faithful. The way the money came in my mind. God is not faithful. Stop talking nonsense. Because God was faithful. Why do I have to make him faithful in looking for a dollar for you to go and pay $10,000 to go and deliver? Why can't I not make him faithful in delivering in Ikeja General Hospital? Is his hand too crippled that he cannot have a woman deliver safely in Ikeja? I assume I'm in Lagos. Why? He said, Well, you know, God, God was so faithful. I just thank God, you know, for his faithfulness. And I'm looking at him like, this. You get one, bro. Eh? When he wants to talk, I get angry. You know why? His God is only faithful in London. He writes beautiful stories on how God's faithfulness brought him to the UK. And God's faithfulness took him around. And God lifted him. And God was so faithful. And anointed, you know. Then he calls people in Nigeria. You're sitting in that country. How are you surviving? I say, stop lying. God is not faithful. UK is faithful. How can you use the same mouth? You tell me God is faithful, and then you call me, ask me in Enugu. I'm not even in Sambisa Forest. Though. I'm in Enugu. Nine ninety-nine out of, ninety-nine, no, nine hundred and ninety-nine out of a thousand people in Enugu have never seen a gun outside the hand of police and soldier. Am I lying? Almost every time you've seen a gun, it's being held by an official, government person. Whereas you've not seen an armed robber, you've not seen a kidnapper. So I'm not saying they don't exist. I have seen. All right, but I'm just trying to say is that with the level of peace God has given in this place, somebody say call you. Who tells me God is faithful? And I say, how are you surviving? And I said to the person, God is not faithful. Stop lying. You don't believe in a truly faithful God. If you believe in a truly faithful God, you will call me and say, I read in the news, this happened. God will continue to keep you. The way he's keeping us here, he will keep you there. His hand is not shortened that he cannot deliver. Not tell me, say, ah, bro, ah, how are you surviving? The one I'm talking about, how are you surviving? Better go and pray, that's what he'll say. Better go and pray, let God talk to you so you can come over here. Yeah, that's that's those are statements Christians make. Nobody is saying anything is wrong with where you are, but why you, do you talk like a fool? Why do you talk like a fool? I should go and pray to tell my servant the Lord where his Lord, his master wants to go. The genie in the bottle. You know, the genie is very powerful. We're still watching the genie movie the other day in my house. Aladdin. Genie is very powerful. Genie can do almost anything apart from kill people, make somebody fall in love, and bring back somebody from the dead. <sighs> That's what the genie said, all right? Yet, do you know what? He's a servant to whoever holds the lamb. That is how we treat the Lord now. Jesu, Jesu, come out of the lamb. Jesu, Jesu, come out of the lamb. Jesu, Jesus, and you come out. Master, what can the genie do for you? Take me here, bring me money. That's how we behave. That's how you open your mouth and say, Let, better go and pray. Let God speak to you. That you are going to tell God what he's going to say. You are the master, he's the genie. But you know what is the other way around? He decides where you can go. He can come one day and say, sorry, you can't be friends that guy. Oh. Two of you, you can't be friends after today. No, what do I tell you? Write him tomorrow. Say you and him are no longer friends. And you are both guys. I mean, they are just in you know, football and they play or they do business together. Because he write him that, I beg, you, are, you want to face your life. You don't have time for all this hanging out together again. I'm not going to marriage, just friendship. That's why I use a month or another man in Nigeria. We don't do the crazy things some people do. You know that kind of thing. So the point I'm making is that see, what will happen what what, what we do is that we don't take, we don't go to him to seek what are you seeing? Because we don't fully trust. That's what somebody will tell you, look, you can't tell me God is faithful if He's only faithful in your geographical location. That's the kind of thing I'm saying. People come back and say eh, God is so faithful. I say, what, what faithfulness are you talking about? What faithfulness? God has to be faithful to raise you $10,000 at the cost of dollars because your wife is pregnant? If he was really faithful, you take him to, take your wife to well, then you go here, Park Lane. There are so many beautiful private clinics in town that God can faithfully deliver that baby for you in his faithfulness. But no, that's not what you mean. That's not what you are looking for. We know what you are looking for. Listen, I'm telling you about dangerous things. Anytime God exposes you to truth, people of God, he makes a demand on you. What did I say? He makes a demand on you. When he exposes you to truth, now, except that demand for truth is fulfilled in your life, the results of obedience will never come. The results attached to that truth will never come. You can use head knowledge to be saying, shouting, confession, confession all the time. What is attached to that truth will never come real in your life. Every time truth comes to you, it makes a demand. Obedience to the demand of truth is what we call wisdom. It's a story I told at the beginning. When, um, when God said to him, you can't sue that brother. What was the demand of truth? Give him money that he does not deserve. Give him money he has no rights to. Give him money that is unjust for him to ask for. That was the demand of truth. Want to hear the truth? If he didn't give that man money, one of two things will happen, a number of things could happen. One, God will give him another test like that. He will enter into a similar situation in which God says, This is what I require you to do. For those who don't know the story, it's simply a man who they were in business together. Then they quarried over some of the staff that they had because they were his relatives. So he removed the staff and took them to another business. They had a joint venture. When that one ended, they made no money. Just managed to break even and return to zero. But the one he took his family members to, alright, for those who don't know the story, that's why I'm just repeating it. The one he took his family members to, he made money there. And that guy now demanded that he should share the profit with him half-half. There was no logic, moral or legal, for him to make that demand. But the Holy Spirit said to him, "Do it. Give it to him." That man threatened to sue him. He said, "No problem. I will meet you in court." He knew he would win the case because their joint venture agreement was on a particular project. They did not marry each other. They did not run the same company. They went into a project together. So the other, and that didn't stop anybody from other having other projects. So he had another one, and he moved his people there because of that man's demand. I'm just repeating this story for those of you who may not have heard it. So, when the man said, look, share that money with me. He said, you don't have a right to it. He said, no, I do. So, the man said, I will sue you in court. The guy said, go to court. We will meet there. The Holy Spirit came and said, no, give him the money. You are not going to court. So, he gave him the money against human wisdom. He gave him the money against the logic, the natural wisdom. The foolishness of God was what he operated. We say foolishness does not mean God is foolish. It means that what you are doing, in response to the faith you have in God, will appear stupid. What am I saying? If he did not release that money, you know what will have happened? He will have had to go to that test again. If he didn't do it, he will have a similar experience a third time. After a number of times, if it's hard that I will never do this, God will say, no problem. God will continue to bless him, but he probably will stop at 30-fold. And this is his sad side. He will never know. See, he's not, his spirit does not always strive. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. His spirit does not always strive. He does not always strive. If you just stop one and say, I won't do this, after some time, if, you know, the, the, no sin has weight. If it's not a weighty matter, he will leave it. If it's not a go to Nineveh or so matter, he will leave it. If it's not a follow of matter, he will just leave it. But he said, that is why we don't reach a hundredfold. Now, on that one alone, you are removed tenfold. Many small, small things like that is what we do. And at the end of the day, we end our lives fifteenfold, twentyfold. What am I saying? Anytime truth comes to you, brethren, you must obey it. It works obedience in you. What you just need to do is remove what? The obstructions, the strongholds, the things that you present And I said something, I will say it again. Don't be afraid to fail for the Lord. Did You hear what I said? What do I mean? Sometimes people will tell you, please, I'm not trying to, oh, I pray you get me. It's not just about things like Nigeria and all of that. Don't let people keep on pushing you all the time that what you need is a better job and a better environment. You know, I was watching, now this is not to praise the man, I don't know him enough. He's He's a basketball star. This Nigerian guy, the current big guy in America now, Giannis tokumbo. Anyway, but the guy, God used basketball to bless him. All right? But this is where I'm going. I was watching it yesterday. I have not finished. But there's something there that struck me. As a little boy, he was at the age of 18, he came from Greece. So they picked him in the call their draft. He was number 15 pick. And they picked him for a, listen to this. Oh, a basketball team that was dying. Milwaukee Bucks. I think he's still there. Those of you who know basketball, he's still with them, right? So, he was determined. The guy was always in the gym, playing, playing, exercising, building, doing everything. His own is that, look, he just wants his family to be able to come over. His, his dad, his mom were still in Greece. So, it was based on his being a basketball player in the U.S. that he got visas to come over. So, that was one breakthrough for him. He played so hard, but they never used to win anything because his team was very bad. But he was winning small awards, like most improved. He will win it. And they said he's going for most valuable player. I hope you're getting my point. So he kept on working hard. I've got people look at me, this rising star, this boy is just rising. And the guy was doing, in fact, Kobe Bryant loved him before he passed on. They just loved this guy. He was just improving and improving. So he began to win awards. One somebody asked him that you can't be most improved next time. He said, why not? He said, maybe you can win MVP. Say if I win the MVP, I will be the most improved. (laughs) Had the interviewer said, I like the way you reason. And of course, he won the MVP the following year or the year after. He kept improving. There's one problem. His club was not winning major trophies. But he personally was doing fantastically. But of course, you're not the only one in the club. Now, this is what I'm talking about it. they now not that what everybody has done is that they will leave that club. Once their initial contract expires, they will move to a big club that's doing well. And those ones, of course, you know the way it is now. They will buy you now. Who will not want, want to buy an MVP? They talked to the guy. Are you planning to do that? He reasoned. He said, no. Why not? He said, it's my family. Yeah. The guy said, no, I can't do this to them. That until they win a trophy, I'm not going the guy said, no, I can't. When I listened to it, I said, this is why God promoted this boy. The guy said, no, they are like my family. He said, they took me when nobody else wanted me. He said, no, I'm not going anywhere. That's why I finished watching the video. I didn't, I didn't finish it. was a documentary about him. I said, look, this is why God blesses people. He said to them, he said, for me, money means nothing. So whatever they will give me the next contract, I will take. Say Why? I was nobody they, they took me all the way from Europe? If they didn't bring to America, how will I reach here? I will not leave them because I'm looking for trophies. The guy said, No, we will win the trophy, we will win it from here. See, I didn't finish, the, I just saw that thing yesterday. That's one thing I want people to understand. You know, we have a life now where people are just looking for eh, where go? bless me, where go? bless me, where, where, where go? bless me, where God bless me. That's all they are thinking about. Listen. Please let me round off my message here. Let me tell you something. And to just tell yourself that if I'm going to fail, Lord, let it just be that I failed because I'm obeying you. If you, if you can't utter that statement, you won't succeed in this life for God. So at some sometimes it will tell you, okay. They say, look, look, these are your opportunities. Go. You will look and say, no. Ah, for certain reasons this is where I'm supposed to be. For now, and I've seen people do that thing again and again, and God has always shown Himself strong on their behalf. Let me end my message. here. Listen, truth will come to you. It will make a demand. It will make a demand concerning how you, who you will marry. I feel like I say, some of you, your shakara marriage is the reason why when you finally marry, you won't even be happy. You don't shakara everybody. Responsible man will they talk to you? Would they look alike, like? Wait in carry come. You go look outside. Now that's how to buy short sightedness. After that, God won't let you see fire again. You're too short sighted. Man came to look, at, look for you. You're looking outside, waiting in come. I keep on adding this one to you because there are a lot of foolish men around. You said, That sister is very nice, but she has a lot of responsibilities. God will give you a spoiled girl that has no responsibility, I'm telling you. She's a last born. Her father is rich. Her brothers are well to do. But what you will not know. That like Jezebel came from a royal family. Yeah. Can't read your Bible. Jezebel was the daughter of a king. <laughs> the one you finally marry, finish. You see a woman that wake up in the morning. Now you go help her bring her leg down. <laughs> I've told you there are some things you don't say with your mouth. A fine young woman who loves the Lord. Eh? Somebody should be should cut your finger and give as a sign of forever covenant. I say because she has five younger ones. Her next brother is in SS one. All we are thinking of is ah. Let me tell you what I've said many times. Give it ten years. All of, all this wahala go don't go. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. Give it ten, I'm, I'm not meaning mean 10 years ago. You all brush me. No. 10 years, all of you stay in one, three, <laughs> three bedroom apartment. God will squeeze you inside there. It's testing you to see whether he will do you good at the end. Sound what the Bible says? They will pay you bonus in the office. You will use it to buy jam form, pay school fees, project. Of course, your brothers, who are of Satan, of course you know them now. Those are your relatives. They are all satanic people. They will come and tell you that your wife has given you juju to chop. So that's how Satan people talk now, Because they are angry. Why? you didn't? That and they were sharing land in the village. You did not buy. Why did you not buy? Because you had sense. Because between... You had your own responsibilities, of course. Between that and that woman's zone that you married, which you carried because you are a man of God. I hope you get my point. Between her, you, you, could, you couldn't afford it. And you had this sense... Not to put money there. How can you be laying foundation when you don't know where money to do German floor? <laughs> where you come from? You know where your money is going. Please, brethren, let me tell you something. You will still own your house in this life. Okay. If I do, let me just use personal issues, I will tell you about my father-in-law went to this village and all of that. For information, he built here and that's why I built their first house shortly before I married their daughter. I'm not kidding. They have not painted the house until they painted that house for our wedding. You know why? He had 39 younger ones. Let me not talk about the one his wife had. His wife carried like 4 younger ones into her husband's house. All they were doing was serving people. (laughs) Only my father-in-law said something. He opened a bottle of wine. That time, that bottle was like fifty thousand like six years ago. He said, I choose the kind of suffering I want to suffer. I have suffered. <laughs> he said, now I don't care the price of the bottle. I will buy it and drink. He's over. Do you know when I couldn't drink anything? <laughs> but it didn't stop him from getting to where God would take him to. I hope you're getting my point. This is information. Marry responsible person. As I go, give it to. I've told you, Jezebel is a royal girl, princess. To make it for you to, for, let me tell you, I wasn't there, but I can suspect Jezebel was fine on top of all of these things. Yes. Uh, what are you saying? Don't you see the way they paint her in all our cartoons. She had <laughs> fake lashes. <laughs> but that girl's heart was sold to Satan. Devilish heart like this. That's what you are begging God for when they say she married marry responsible. See, Bishop Yeteko used to say no word from God ever is it the same. So, that is lifting you up or it's bringing you down. Never this is the way we met you. we looking for human wisdom to plan your life. I think I've said what I'm supposed to say today. Just in there to help two boys there who are supposed to marry next month. Like this guy now. The way? Has he married? Oh, sorry. That's why you didn't say yes just now. Okay, let me look for somebody to give that thing to. Who? The guy in purple, the guy in onion purple. It's <laughs> due, don't worry, God will give you a good wife, He'll give you a woman who loves the Lord, who can sit for hours hearing the gospel. Hey, by the way, when you want to marry, if you see a girl that's so spaghetti, when you start hearing the word, you are not married. No? Did you hear what I said? I'm begging you, you are not married. No, this, those kind of people, they can't be led. You can't, I'm telling you the truth, the fidgeting. Your pastor talks for long, and you want to marry her. <laughs> the Lord is good. So let me end it here, all right? The message I brought today is like, please, God is doing things. He's preparing us. Many people fall out along the way. They build out on God before he has taken them to where he wants them to get to. And that's because God starts making demand. His word starts making demands of them. They need to make critical decisions. Sometimes these decisions will look foolish. But I'm giving you the word of the spirit today. Until you make that decision, your life is on pause permanently. Let's bow down our heads and give a lot thanks. Say, Lord, you'll the pause from my life. Help me. And of course, as I was speaking, each person was hearing his own word. As I was speaking, each person was hearing his own word. So, what I mean by that is just make your adjustments. Make your adjustments and your corrections. Make your adjustments and your corrections. Make your adjustments. Say, Lord, I will not grow weary following you. I will not turn back. No matter what may be the demand of knowledge, the wisdom I'm to obey, I ask for grace to obey it. I ask for grace. I ask for grace. I ask for grace. I ask for grace.